Are you tired of not paying for your favorite product? Patreon.com slash Cast. What's a Patreon, you say? It's a website where fans can support their favorite content creators. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. 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 <laughs> this is only if you got the money. We got koozies. We got custom obituaries. We got stickers. We have movie commentaries that you download and watch with said movie. It's like you have friends in the room. What if I don't like history? You're wrong. You love history. How much money can I give? Anything will help. We like doing the show. We're going to do it anyway. Mike's losing us money at every corner. Roast Mortem Cast is here to help you take a load off that wallet. It's all been arranged just for us to get your money. I'm telling you that you need to give money to Roast Mortem Podcast so we can do it even better. Are you tired of exploiting these four men? Or you could even sponsor. You got a stupid-ass business? I'd love to talk about your business. Point to point. I'm too busy to read. Where can I find this podcast? So call today at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. That's R-O-A-S-T-M-O-R-T-E-M-C-A-S-T at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. Yeah, if you want to buy me a beer, that's cool too, you know. Can't a man bang his sister in peace? I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Or you are dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Hold on! Oh, Jesus, please! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Roast Mortem Podcast, the only podcast that gives Ken Burns and America's Funniest Home Videos a run for their money. I am Tom. Yes. I am a travel. I am your Cody for the evening. And I'm Mike. Nice to <laughs> nice to have you here. You know what? I mean, it's just because you weren't here last week and you got to pay the internet bill. Come on. Yeah. We gave you everything. Yeah, we give you everything, Mike. This is what you show us in return. My presence. <laughs> I gift you with my time. You know, I wish that... <laughs> I, I was just kidding. I can't get into this right now. I'm I'm upset. Uh, so spaghetti boys. Uh, how many spaghettis yeah. did you find in your bank this week? AKA, what's going on in your scrotum this week? I mean, you're gonna ask the scrot question wow. right up top. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Travis, let me ask you a question before I tell you about my scrotum. What? What are you doing with your life, dude? I well, let me tell you. Just today. Just today. I got a Costco membership the uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh wow! Oh, you're officially right. a boomer now. Uh, yeah, um, I bought my razor blades there, but I also bought some shitty frozen ass pizzas. I was yeah. so excited for them frozen ass pizzas. Oh, I put them in the oven, and then I got so excited, my hand just touched the side of the oven. Ooh. And I just add a little bit of extra pepperoni on that on that that <laughs> oh. pizza. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got this like huge welt here. Makes me seem like I'm cool. Like I'm one of those like villains. But on my hand, my hand is a villain. You're it's meth cool. Yeah, like meth yeah, like ah, there I go. dropped the meth pipe on my hand because <laughs> I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't feel Trends couldn't feel the love of my mother, the love of my father. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus and Christ. I just fell on my hand and I just let it burn like my life hey man I'm happy for you I'm happy you're powering through because one thing that the Lord Jesus Christ has taught me is that it doesn't matter what your mom or dad say he loves you 
He's got a job. Oh, yeah. He has to. It's union. <laughs> contract. Jesus is a contractual worker. Yeah, the mother, Sign the son, here. the Holy Spirit, that's a union. That's like one of those face group books you don't leave. I'm glad we 360 to a Christian podcast. Uh, Tom, how was your holy week? Since you were grilling me about my satanic week. Dude, I got nothing this week. I've like, yeah, I've been, I have been applying to jobs, but I am tired of my cover letter, so I just write really obnoxious shit. My cover letters have looked something like, "Hey, yada yada yada. Uh, I notice you need to fill this position. It would be foolish of you to hire anyone else but me for this position. I could do <laughs> this better. I will do a better job than you even thought was possible. Very aggressive. I like it." Whoever I have to tickle, I will make them come. You understand? <laughs> yes, I do. I'm a yeah. whore. Yeah, I'm a, a whore, and I'm ready to go. I I have no self respect. I am tired of that because that's just kept me down, man. If you think about it, self respect that'll keep you down. So I'm ready to suck whose ever dick it is to just get a 401k going. You understand? Oh wow, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. I remember I applied to Google. I'm not gonna say what position. It was CEO. It was CEO. Of Google. Yeah. Did you get um, it? Yeah. Well, I yeah I did. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but they had a thing where it said like, uh, you could put a cover letter, but like we think like your work will really shine through in your resume. And I just put agreed. <laughs> nice. That's <laughs> it. I was like, all right. Well, you said you didn't need a fucking cover letter. Yeah. I mean, just for everyone who listens to this podcast, the reason it's such a good podcast, the reason you're getting such a quality product is because all of us are unemployed. It's <laughs> good. It's fun. So we don't yeah. have 40 hours of distraction. We only have podcasts. I'm homeless. Mike is homeless. He asks if he can move in. I only have two spare bedrooms, and my other cousins are coming over. I've been sleeping on the sidewalk for fucking like three months now. Wait, you guys are having cousin sleepovers? That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh. <laughs> Well, we're we're more than cousins. We're friends. Yeah, you know we we yeah. are. We have for friendship. Cody, how was your saying this because he's listening? <laughs> Cody, how was uh, your friendly week? week? Uh, I had some charcuterie. That was that. I got that going. For oh me. boy, Cody. Oh boy, yeah, <laughs> having yeah. charcuterie. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a highlight and a half. <laughs> wow, dude. Uh, yeah, it's good. All right, so Mike, how was your week? <laughs> there Thanks, you Travis. Uh, it was good. I went to Philadelphia. That was pretty cool. Oh, that was oh, fuck this that guy. was last week when was, you were supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that, but it was fun. How you get there? Skateboard? Yeah, good sketch. <laughs> now walk there, <laughs> dude. Why would you walk when you can? You have four wheels, two. What are they called? Trucks. One board. I'm gonna save my wheels for Pennsylvania. Okay. <laughs> All right. He only had one this bourgeois fucktard. All right, so we have a very interesting weeks, all of us. Yeah. yeah Pizza, really. charcuteries, Salami. uh, salamis. General resentment. Really resentment. I'm not going to yeah. lie. What was that, Mike? Philadelphia's pretty clean. Yeah, because it's not New York. Yeah. You, you know what's uh. funny? It's clean now, but when my dad my dad used to like drive around the tri-state, and he always called Philadelphia Philadelphia because it was <laughs> fucking disgusting. Oh, I see what he did there. That's good. Your dad yeah, just right? didn't like anything that wasn't what he knew already. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, he his his uh, concept of Chinese food came out of a can. Can oh, Chinese delicious. food. You know. Water chestnuts go a long way when you're broke. 
Uh-huh. Doorstop and tummy filler. All right, so what is on Chapman's dangus? Hard dangus of Chapman's. I am so very glad you asked. I, I, me, Cody, was the one responsible for the research. And today, tonight, we are looking at the one and the only Lord Byron. Who knows things? Oh, trust me, I know things. Ye- like, Good. You know how um, the world is being destroyed by uh, cruise ships? This man was a living cruise ship. <laughs> That's a good analogy. I like that. Valid. Just, Just taking it easy, everywhere. but fucking up everyone else's weekend all day. I'll fucking a weekend up all day. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. How do you get that like status, Lord? Oh, we'll 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 go into that. Right. But it, it, it's pretty much uh, like a Richie Rich Macaulay Culkin thing. It just uh, happened one day. Like, oh, uh, hold on, Cody. Uh, yeah. I just want to tell me spoilers. If it, if it is a spoiler, you gotta tell me. But did he reach human perfection? Because you know we were talking a little bit about biology yesterday, no. about or last last podcast about or a few podcasts ago, we were talking about biology and pinkies going yeah. away. The yes. ultimate human can come in their own anus. Is could Lord Byron come in their own anus? I... Come in their own butt. Come in his own. He identified there. as a man. He was he. Him. No, it's a there. He's a lord. I don't know if he did. I feel like he definitely had the means to. You mean a dick in a butthole? No, dick uh, in his a, own he dick, butthole. He had a butthole, and he definitely had servants. Oh, okay. You need you need those three. I'm not to, talking uh, about no turkey baster shit. You can't like come in a turkey baster and put in your butt. No, I'm talking about no, no, your no, dick no, no, no. In your butt. That's cheating. That is fucking cheating. Travis, this is disgusting. This is not <laughs> what people come to this podcast here for. No, no fucking dick and ball stuff. What? No. So, uh, Cody, what what did uh? Between you and me, what did Lord Byron's dick and balls look like? Oh, um, we—that's gonna be—that's gonna be the note we go out on, dude. I'm so excited. No one know. Like, I want to know. We can wait. His, like, you maybe his, wait the whole episode. Okay, start. Yeah, do it. it's how it's how we're gonna end because it, it's how like the one his dick and balls were described with a very peculiar adjective, and that adjective like. Is is fucking with my head box a little bit. We have to unpack it, but we're gonna save it towards the end of the show because it's you know it, it happens you know at the tail of his life. All right, Cody, enough explaining. We, we get onto the show. I just there. want you to we finish the there. fucking show so I can hear about his balls. And okay, dick. he's Lord Byron. He's famously described as mad, bad, and dangerous to know Ooh. by one of his psychotic ex girlfriends. He had a lot of psychotic ex girlfriends. You can't listen to them. Don't don't. They'll they'll say very mean things. We we can listen to them. But you don't have to. No. <laughs> he's Lord Byron, the original rock star emo poet. He's brilliant. He's a tortured soul. He wrote a bunch of stuff you've probably heard of. He wrote She Walks in Beauty. He wrote Don Juan. He's got this juicy prose, very romantic flair about him. He wasn't afraid to write about sex. Cody, I he's never heard about either one of those. <clears throat> you've never heard about Don Juan? You have to know Don Juan. I know Don Quixote. He was a donkey that looked at windmills. Uh, Don Juan was more of a donkey dick day. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. The girl who laughs at snowflakes. What was the other one? She walks in beauty. Well, you know, (laughs) I'm so cultured that I might be too cultured for the show. I don't even know that one. You have too many frozen pizzas to get to. (laughs) (laughs) So he's a gem, but only for his time. It was very easy to shock, you know, prude and proper Londoners back in the day. Nowadays, like a Lord Byron poem couldn't get like a a little schoolgirl to blush. You know what I mean? We have the internet today. We have browsers accounts. 
we, we see things we shouldn't, and it, it's just harder to frazzle your average modern-day person. Cody, right. see things that we shouldn't. Yeah. No. Yes. No, I <laughs> want to see eels in every orifice. That's things I should see. You can blame that on Japan, Cody. Yes. <laughs> that that's that is Japan and Travis's fault. Just those two it's entities. It's not my fault. I did your not fault. drop the bomb on Japan. Japan did not drop the bomb on me. You're the market. Your granddad dropped the bomb, and you're the fucking market for the tentacle <laughs> porn and all the happy. It's come full circle. You remember sense. when you had blue hair all of a year ago? Anime baby, that was you. Yatta! No. I knew that was the peak of your tentacle porn days, but I can't get into that and feel responsible tomorrow. Yatta! Naboichi! Konnichiwa! If you read him, if you read Lord Byron current day out of context, he would seem a little cliche. He, but the reason he would seem cliche is because he inspired the sea of quote unquote prosers that makes him look passe. So, like, he looks cliche because of himself. Everyone emulated him. All right. Like My Chemical uh, Romance. Yes, thank you. Very good. <laughs> but in Byron's heyday, he would get women to faint on sight. He received locks of hair in the mail, which is the equivalent of getting uh, G-strings and thongs thrown on stage after a rock star performance. Oh, well, it is, it is 2019, so jars have come. Yeah, yeah, that too. Lady <laughs> jars of lady come. Yeah. Dude, I don't want to smell anyone's hair. I want to smell someone's thong. <laughs> I don't want to smell anything. You know what really turns me on? The smell of like nothing. Uh, olfactory. <laughs> a, yeah, I hold my breath. I want some. I new hold factory. my breath during every sexual conquest. You I want understand? Some hair in the mail <laughs> doesn't do anything for me. People who smell underwear are disgusting. <laughs> Yatta! <laughs> no, stop it! <laughs> You've weebed out this episode. Your weeb gland is dry. Yo soy right. langosta! That's not anything. Dude, Mexican weeb right now. S.A.? <laughs> Keep going. George. George Gordon Byron. Born on January 22nd, 1788. In England. Above a perfume shop. Alright, smell good. He was All good. He smelled great. Didn't, didn't look or feel great, however, as he was born with two, count them two, fucked up legs. That sucks. Both legs had deformed Achilles tendons, and his right one had a club foot going on. Oh, Lord Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what a club foot is, it's essentially when your foot uh, takes a left at Albuquerque and stays that way. Does that mean he has like big feet or like one big foot? No, it's like one foot no, twisted no. and different. Uh, like one, yeah. one, his, one, his right, one foot that looks like it thinks it's a head from a new metal band. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah, all day. yeah. So it, his right foot was like cocked at an angle, and he probably had to walk on the edges of his feet at least for his childhood. Dude, like here, I'll put it in your terms, Mike. Like, dude, his left foot was like so gnarly, even twisted, bro. Like, <laughs> fucking like. It did fakey, no me, do me on a yeah, dick. He, he was goofy foot. <laughs> Furda. <laughs> and aside from his deformities, he was brought into a family of suicidal party animals and failures. <laughs> All so, right. Real quick, we'll talk about uh, the family tree, if you will. His paternal grandfather named John Falweather Jack Byron. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Great name. Falweather. Grandpa Falweather was a shipwreck-prone vice admiral in the Navy. Falweather Jack once marooned himself so badly off the coast of Patagonia, he had to resort to eating his pet spaniel to survive. Poor spaniel. (laughs) Dude, never put a guy whose name is Falweather in charge of a sailing ship. 
Like you no, rely on the unless, weather. Unless he got that name, unless that was like a bar nickname that stuck after the incident. Like, oh, who? This guy had come, to eat his dog. Come hither, Fluffy Come. Come here, Fluffy Come. I would like to put perchance your leg into my mouth. Yes, he did eat the dog legs first. He ate the paws <laughs> on the skin. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. But in in Foul Weather's defense, he didn't actually kill the dog. The dog succumbed to starvation, and he picked at the corpse. You know, he actually didn't. Wait, but he skinned kill it first, skin. though. No, he the dog died, and oh, he ate the okay. skin and paws. Yeah, but so he, he in his defense, he didn't kill the dog. He, he succumbed to starvation. Now that's yeah. already a, a sticky thing. I'm not going to get into it, but like I can see Bill. Like, well, you look pretty hungry, but I'm much hungrier. It's the heaviest rock I can make this dog succumb to starvation to. <laughs> Tom Tom actually just joined the Argentinian football team recently. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> so foul, foul Weather is the paternal grandfather. Foul Weather uh, porks his cousin and makes our subject's father uh, Mad Jack Byron. So Foul Weather is the grandpa. Mad Jack is Byron's dad. Mm-hmm. All right. And Mad Jack was a fucking disaster with, uh, with money. He marries our subject's mother, Catherine Gordon. He then squanders her fortune and leaves her in debt and deserts her when she gets knocked up with our subject, Lord Byron. It's written he either cut his own throat or died of an overdose while he was in France when Byron was only three. So, bad pappy. Wait, his dad cut his own throat? Yeah. How do you overdose on cutting your throat? It was either, yeah, it was either one of those two things. Oh, all right. Well, they really so. didn't want to examine that body. <laughs> Ew, yucky! No, I don't no. want to look at it! He's bleeding around <laughs> the neck. Uh, intern, what's your first guess? Blind intern. What do you know. think? <laughs> and we aforementioned Byron's mother, Catherine Gordon. She was a chubby, heavy-drinking, emotionally unstable Scottish lass. Sounds like oh. my type of woman. Yes. <laughs> she referred to her own son, Byron, as a lame brat due to his fucked up legs. <laughs> but the thing is, it's kind of on you. You're the mom that was responsible for those birth defects. So that her first child? Uh, yes, I believe so. A lot easier to do it on the first child. What kind of shoes do you wear with club feet? <laughs> you wear sacks of, of yeah, bur- grain. You just tie burlap around. Uh, yeah. You wear two left Air Force Ones. <laughs> Size 14. There you go. But also, Cody, um, I completely lost my train of thought because I was just thinking about how good (laughs) Nike shoes are. That became your train of thought. Yeah, all right. Let's keep going. (laughs) So though Lord Byron, not a lord at this point, so we'll just call him Byron, though Byron had a lisp, he must been he must have been like one hell of a sexy nine year old, as it's rumored he seduces and loses his virginity to his nanny while he was nine, which is like I mean fucking weird, freaky, weird, but it's player shit, man. Pretty cool, yeah, cool, yeah, good, good guy, you know. <laughs> How do you do that at nine years old? I don't know. I'm trying to think what I was doing at nine, and I wasn't trying to seduce my babysitter or anything like that. Dude, want to see my creepy crawlers I made? Oh, it's actually <laughs> yeah. my pants. <laughs> Glow in the dark. It was like he was actually a late developer. He wasn't so smooth. It was her first day on the job, and she goes to change his <laughs> shitty fucking underwears, and she's pulling these pantaloons. Usually, this stops around the knees, like on a good day. <laughs> Holy crap! 
It's tied around his club foot. I gotta try this. I gotta. I gotta do it. I gotta tell the girls about it. <laughs> his nanny was from fucking Minnesota. Yeah, that's where they come from. Yeah, no, but, you know, Scottish royalty. You know, they they bring in the Minnesotans. <laughs> At the tender age of ten, Byron's great uncle William the Wicked Byron died and left our boy the title of lord, residual income, and the crumbling ancestral home called Newstead Abbey, valued somewhere in the neighborhood of 140,000 pounds. That's nice. So, at the time? That's a lot of scroll. Yeah, at the time. That's a bill. That's that's huge. You, you that's guys, pounds, that's English, and that's back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I'm really good with my number conversions. Uh, that's a billion. <laughs> I was just going to say that, yeah, right? Probably Sounds a little right. scrollion. So, Mike, you asked earlier how he gets his lordship. He makes it to 10 and somebody important dies and bada bing, bada boom. That's pretty cool. Just like that. Mike, I've checked our entire family. No one's important, so don't look forward to that. (laughs) Oh, man. So there you have it. He's a lord proper before he's even a teenager. And he's also not a virgin before he's even a teenager. He attends school and gets in a shitload of fights, probably provoked by bullies picking on his garbage legs or his fucked up list. (laughs) Yeah. I feel bad for him. It's what happens. Wait, he's got a lisp, too? He's got a lisp. He was able to seduce... His nine-year-old self was able to seduce his nanny with a lisp. All right, Cody, though. uh, Where is the source? Is this, like, him saying that? Like, fuck, I fucked my nanny. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, true. The nanny's biography. The nanny's biography? An A&E biography. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So he's... uh, I've never heard a Scottish lisp before. I don't know if he's got the Scottish accent going on because he's being taught how to talk in English. Oh yeah, he's a lord. He teaches, he speaks in proper English. Yes. Uh, Alright. His mother was a Scot. Yeah, I mean, I talk kind of like my mom. She talks exactly like me, actually. She's got the same voice and everything. This is her I always, podcast. I always thought, why, why is your mom's voice so deep? Uh, you know, I was like, it's kind of weird. I <laughs> love your mom. I'm just saying, like, why is her voice so deep like yours? There's nothing Sometimes not I'm to like, love about it! There's nothing not to love about it! Alright? <laughs> Oh, and also, yours is a little bit high. Oh, way up there, dude. You know me. <laughs> I'm fucking Any flying. Any fucking way. <laughs> On the cusp of puberty, our boy Byron becomes a vain fucker. He inherits an <laughs> eating disorder from his mother. He'd starve himself for some weeks, drinking vinegar and eating potatoes. He'd chew on wads of tree sap to abate his appetite. And other weeks, he'd feast and booze it up, having week-long cheat days. So I just want everyone here to imagine him ballooning up and deflating for this entire episode we're talking about him. Great, just like Dimebag Daryl. Cocaine does that too, is what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. So, I don't know. I don't think Byron. So he's very self-conscious. Cocaine. No, yeah, very self-conscious because Mike he commissions romanticized portraits of himself, uh-huh. and in these portraits, there's a handful of them. He's always pictured with full red, luscious lips, a seductively bare neck. And his skin is often described as alabaster with an internal radiance. Oh, wow. He's got Cody, curly black hair and small ears. Cody, uh, besides curly black hair, were you talking to me? You talking you, to me? Uh, alabaster. Yeah, you. I have, an al- I have an alabaster hue about my nipples. Look at that <laughs> seductively exposed neck on trap. You also ah! got... You also got giant lips that, like, if you, if, <laughs> yeah. Every time I've done artwork for Roast Mortem, I start with Travis's lips because that's the biggest <laughs> yeah. thing, and I work out. That's something I learned in art. You take the biggest part, and then you work. That's back. how you make a caricature. Yeah. Exactly. It's the anchor point. Uh huh. So, so I use giant shitty lips. 
<laughs> my anchor point is my ears. They are here. not yes. shitty. They are succulent. Succulent <laughs> rinds. Cody, hey. let's get more. When it was time for him to enter college, or as the English say, uni, he was rejected from Oxford because his tendency to fight. He wound up in Trinity College and studied for three years. What did he study? He studied... Oh, fuck, I can't remember. It definitely wasn't fucking literature, though. It might have been just a little bit of literature. It might have been like... It was liberal arts. Li- uh, liberal Pro- arts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> liberal Copy arts. Business degree. Yeah. And his spoiled lordship ass wrote a writer for his dorm room, asking that it be accommodated with bottles of wine, port, sherry, and claret. And uh, ten so. boxes of the extra-long Slim Jims. <laughs> uh, yes, so he could use the wrapper as condoms later. Yeah, uh, can I have can I have the ramen that comes in the bowl, not the cup, not the brick in the bowl? Yes, the best ramen. The best I heard ramen. that's what uni children eat. I'd love to see him on Freshers Week. While school was starting, Byron was moving into his dorm room. Byron brought along his bulldog, named get this, Smut. And I think that is a fucking A-plus name for a fucking bulldog. I agree. And I got to be honest yeah. with you guys, I really like this guy. Yeah. I haven't found... He's a, he's a good guy. Yeah. You'll like him, but he definitely has his faults. Yeah, like Come, him. smut. Come, smut. There Come you go. <laughs> nice. Well well yeah. put, Travis. So he's got this bulldog named Sput, Smut. And the headmaster finds out he's got a dog in the dorm room. And he's like, no, you're not allowed to do that. And the headmaster evicts poor Smut. It's like it sends him back to Lord Byron's home. And he's like, fuck, fuck this. Mm. And enraged, Byron pours over the university's code of conduct and noticed there was no particular rule against having pet bears. Ha! So, so he freaked out all of his classmates when he was caught walking a fucking bear across uh, Trinity campus fuck? one day. Are you talking about a hairy gay man or uh, a, an actual bear? Like a black bear uh, or something. It was a liberated bear from a circus, like one of those dancing bears. Oh. You like throw a fish from the crowd and it catches it in oh. its mouth. <laughs> liberated bears from the circus, like yes. like the kind, yes. like the kind. If you like walk in front of them, they think you're gonna hit it. <laughs> yeah, those. <laughs> this guy is my dream. I want a bear. I want him to make me roll me cigarettes because I'll give him bear thumbs. Where's and like I think bears already have thumbs. no, but like real thumbs. Like yeah, you know, wait, I'll have like. Human thumbs just attached to his hands. Where's his bear live in his dorm room? How's it fit in there? I don't know. He probably like ties it up bear? outside at night. Because oh, it's it's from the circus, so sleeps under his bed. <laughs> oh, he he had bunk beds. I mean, I, I'm sure if you went to a SUNY school, you probably dormed in a bunk bed. You just you just have <laughs> the bear eat the guy that sleeps above you and then you have the bear up there Pro- problem solved there you go byron uh spent most of his time boxing horse riding and whores riding oh you mean like the he- nurse <laughs> yeah dude that's an a plus right there uh, whores riding um whores riding. do they have uh what's the what's the thing that they do with horses with a uh, dressage do they have like a dress what? dressage of uh whores riding Oh my god! Oh yeah, that would. Be I will walk. Sick. I will walk my pony around the yard, but it's, it's with fucking a horse. Come look how I fuck it! Watch <laughs> me go! I am a lord. I will fuck. I will fuck this Full way. Trot. I will stop my fuck right here on the dime. Turn around. 
backwards walking. <laughs> Come now, whore, and we fuck. <laughs> oh my god. As I. Jesus fuck. Um, as I said before, he was known uh, to like boxing. He was. Uh, it was written that he challenged pugilists at the local gym. And when it was time for his match, uh, he would show up to the boxing ring wearing a dress just to fuck with his rival's head. That's pretty you know cool. What I mean? Like, don't lose to the guy boxing you in a dress. Yeah, just just to let everyone know, pugilist, boxer, boxer, fighter. That's what pugilism is. It's punching with your fist. Yeah, just beating up children, little chabs <laughs> on the streets. Governor, poof. <laughs> <laughs> During Byron's time in college, he would use the crumbling ruins of his ancestral home, Newstead Abbey, to throw fucking ragers. This is like the 1800s version of Skins right now. <laughs> yes. All of his friends would come over and they would just drink and fuck all night. They would wear all black and rock the old-timey burlap uh, hooded robes and just, you know, it, it would look like they were doing like secret society shit. All fucking night. You know, I have a theory on that, too. I know we've been cutting you off a lot, Cody, but um, no. I, I think those, like, weird sex parties where everyone drinks a lot also, um, nothing happens. Sex happens. and No, no. I think it's a bunch of no. I think it's a bunch of dudes with whiskey dick who, like, <laughs> use their use their cape and get all fucking motiony about it. And then they get, they get a girl in a corner and they go, I won't tell if you don't. <laughs> just, say, just say we had this. Yeah. Well, well that's say why we whenever this, you see cool, orgy, I'll get you a job later. Yeah, whenever you see orgy scenes, it's just a bunch of people laying on the ground. It doesn't look like they're fucking. They're just like laying there, you know, because no. like none of them can fuck. I mean, the women yeah, can fuck. I can speak for the entirety of mankind. I understand what it's like to drink too much. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. You a, yeah. You, you know. I got you. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's got to be. It's got to be real. a lot of. It's a Swiss cheese event. Let's put it that way. <laughs> anyway, Byron and his party company would break into the family crypt and pull fucking skulls out of the dirt oh, when they fuck. needed something to drink out of. <laughs> Dude, this metal! The shit comes metal. in a bottle! <laughs> no, no, no. They wanted to drink out of fucking skulls. And it's not like they would, like, crack open the top and pour it in. They would Flip it over, pour it in, and then like drink using the dead man's teeth as like a spout. So they shotgunned it. Uh, if you want to look at it yeah. like that, yeah. But just just imagine oh, your great nasty. great nephew using your fucking skull as like a red solo cup just for a night of drinking. Playing beer pong with it. I'm gonna say, yeah. There you go. I'm gonna <laughs> say foul weather deserved it. So hopefully they dug him up first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I didn't even think about that. Just like, well, you got, you got anything that like fits liquid in it that you really don't care for at all? Oh, my granddad. <laughs> That's pretty gross, though. I mean, also, I mean, this guy sounds like, um, you know, the, the term they have in England, chav, which I can't remember what it chav. stands for. There you go. What is it? You know, like a fucking Adidas tracksuit or some shit. No, it's. What was that? I think it stands for like council housed. Oh, uh, oh, it's an acronym. Yeah. Or something. Okay. Council housed something and violent, and it's just like basically these fuck, just like fucking Alcoholic. idiot people. It's like that show. What is it? What's that show you watch with the peanut dust? People just do nothing. The grown yeah. dudes. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's a great what this show. guy reminds me of. Yeah, that's a that's a really solid show right there. 
I like how you all you got out of that show is peanut dust. Right? Mm-hmm. Peanut dust. The sure fr- with the peanut he only dust. watched the first goddamn episode. <laughs> well, if that guy is around, wants to be on the show, I'd love to have him on the show. Okay. By Byron. Byron would grimly decorate Newstead Abbey using family coffins as poker tables and using Byron ancestral skulls as flower pots or goblets. So, like, there'd just be corpses out in the middle of a party being. Drinked over and drinked from. So edgy. Edgy. So goth. Emo. I love the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> no, it's the best ever. Was he the first gothic dude? Uh, definitely not the first. The guy that invented Hot Topic or some shit? Yeah, let's, yeah, <laughs> let's say Lord Byron invented Hot Topic. He's a mall goth. He's a mall goth. <laughs> oh, there you go. Get yeah. out of here with your fucking Cinnabon. Oh, I'm so sad. Give me seven Cinnabon. <laughs> Let's go to Spencer's again. Oh, they oh, have a cup that says, like, oh, this is a dick. Drink out of me. <laughs> you understand that your dad has been waiting for you in the parking lot for an hour and a half, and he hasn't been bothering you because he loves you. You have nothing but love in your life, sir. Fuck you, dad. I Nirvana shotgun. I got a Spencer's. <laughs> Fuck you, dad. <laughs> I'm going to Claire's getting my Prince Albert. <laughs> they do that? <laughs> I think they're they, they're uh, donut ears. <laughs> anyway. Auntie Hands is my real mom. Are you fucking done? Are you fucking done yet? No. <laughs> so much good mall humor. <laughs> In the 1800s, London. Yeah. Okay, fine. Sure. Me old mall. <laughs> Paul Mall. During these sexy ragers, Lord Byron began to notice he was attracted to both girls and boys. He fancied a young chorus boy named Thomas and developed a crush. Oh, hey, He learned he was the bisexual type of lad. However, back in, you know, these English days, bisexual lads were just lumped in with the, you know, whole gay crowd. And England at this time had a very nasty habit of hanging their homosexuals. But like oh, half of England know. was puffers, as they called yes. them. Yes. <laughs> Dude, no. Excuse me. Half of them? Throughout history, it's still one in ten, man. It's always been one in ten. All right, well, uh, maybe more It's not more like any point in history. Like, the Greeks actually, the ancient Greeks used to buttfuck each other as practice, oh, we'll get as dominance. But, um... But? Y- you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Any holes to go back then, dude. I mean... Hell yeah. Dude, I mean, a butthole is just as stinky as a front hole. It doesn't matter what woman or man it's on. That's not true Can't at all. Dude, that's not true at all. Uh, I don't know. Cody, keep talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so he'll get hanged if he's figured out to be a bisexual man so this is an honest to goodness forbidden love excuse me Uh, a taboo if you will Byron exalts and embraces it he lives the rest of his life as a raging albeit closeted bisexual and this naughtiness seeps into his poems and memoirs throughout Uh, Byron wrote in his diaries men were clever but women kissed better so Equal opportunity. Well, Fuck obviously, I know which I mean, one I'm going like, to go for. I don't need clever. I I think that's what straight men think too. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I'm like, at it now. I don't know. I know I sound like an asshole right now, but 
You know where I'm going with this. No, if you're a bro dude and you're doing a keg stand, you're like, dude, I'm so fucking clever. I killed 700 brain yes, cells. That's what clever means. Yes, my dude, bro. My dude, that guy right there. Fucking clever. Let's go find some pussy. Yeah, that's what I mean. better than you, Drew. That's what you're saying, Tom. I understand. Basically, the, the, the bottom of this is that all frat guys have sex with each other. Yes. Yeah. I now understand. That's what Creek life, at, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Byron developed a weird aversion to the sight of women eating. He thought it was one of the grossest things in the world. He would oftentimes turn down dinner dates just because he thought it was gross to watch a woman, you know, eat. All right, this is the first thing you've said so far where I'm like, this guy's a fucking idiot. Why? Eating women, women eating turn you on, Travis? It's just like, yeah, no, masticate eat. for me. <laughs> just, just eat, eat dude. And stare at women. What was different about the mouth of a woman? Yeah, a man I don't know. That like, like, was like... I like the way that man throws down that fucking foot banger. You know what I'm talking about? But as soon as that lady gets her lips and her... Oh, God dang it, I'm done with this. Why am I talking like that? <laughs> That's what he sounded like. like. This Good. is Lord Byron. I get off of these types of accents. Oh, she's got ranch all over her face. She's so mm. sloppy. Oh, I hate yes. it. What are you, an idiot? Was, I don't know. Ranch is a very... He's a, gen- he's a literary genius. Do you know when they do... When they do sh- all right. This is a real talk here. Okay. Right, just a little quick right. sidebar. When they do pornography, when, they do, quick, when they do pornography, when they do pornography, a lot of times they're watching cream pie stuff. That woman's not actually getting cream pied. There's a cut, and what they fill the, there's a cut. and what they fill the vagina up with is ranch dressing. That is horrific. Don't do, <laughs> no do one that. do that. No, and the only the only cut that I'm concerned about is the one I'm making in this podcast about that bit. <laughs> <laughs> Well done, Thomas. So he's fucking everything, men, women, the like. Uh, he's noted to have written home urging family and servants to, quote-unquote, send more booze money and more condoms. He's a very free spirit, you know? They had condoms very back free, then? Mike. What kind of condoms? So free. Yeah, I, ah. Wasn't sheepskin? Like, uh, yeah, those ones, right? He's, 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 he's part Scottish, so sheepskin, maybe. Uh, give me some cat's anuses so you can feel more. It's prickly. Let me get a hugger slapper for my dick. There you go. And I love this part. Uh, While times were good, Byron fancied himself a romanticized general in the making. He was a wannabe militant history maker. He wanted to write wartime history books. He was a little bit of a fanboy of Napoleon's. And while school was out, he would make his servants landscape Newstead Abbey to resemble a mock battlefield. He would have two fortresses built on opposing sides of the lake and have war games that involve servants moving game pieces representing troops around the property. Hashtag goals. It's nice. I would like to yeah, do this too. It's pretty neat. You guys are fucking lame, even... dude. It's nice to have yeah, money like that. I wouldn't want to do that shit. Oh, you get ready for this next part. Tom. I might want to do the next part. This. I mean, I'm not saying I'm writing it all off. <laughs> he would even force servants to role play his naval forces in the lake. He would put servants on a raft and shout orders to have his make-believe troops sail into the positions here and there. And he would even make the servants do artillery sound effects with their mouths <laughs> while they were moving the pieces. He's LARPing. Yes! Yes, he's LARPing. So he would scream from his fort, like, Jeeves, fire the first artillery volley. And Jeeves would be like, I'm a lord. Shunk. Just all with his mouth as he's like moving like these like game pieces around the yard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my goodness, that would that bit is very fun. I love that that he's making his butlers just play in the dirt <laughs> and do sound effects of explosions with their mouths. Winston, the seventh regiment is firing the guns. All right, all right, sir. Chim chimani, chim chimani, chim chim taru. Dum 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 dum. Poo 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 poo. That's good. Thank you for that. Yeah. Anyway, after his three years at Trinity, he starts working his poetry magic. He has a circle of friends that offer to edit and publish his amateur works. He starts sharpening his literary chops, very particular about his prose and vocabulary choice. He's noted to have frequently used a rhyming dictionary and been quite the perfectionist. So he's working on it. That's, he's working on it. That's kind of like want him putting your name into that Wu-Tang name generator right like using oh yeah. yeah actually lord byron would be a good wu-tang name clan yeah yeah Wu- was, wu-tang bad. clan name excuse me he's working on it but uh every good poet needs his fucking inspiration right his uh grand tour if you will and that's exactly what it was called uh, a grand tour back in the old days was when essentially a young Nobleman would get out, travel Europe, broaden his horizons, come back, have killer stories to tell or write about. Yeah, we talked about However, we th- talked about the Grand Tour when we did John Mitten, I think, a little bit. That was so long ago. It was a long time ago. I'll, I'll believe you, Travis. But yeah, it's a Grand Tour. Grand Tour. And you're supposed to travel Europe, but at this time, uh, the Napoleonic Wars were popping off, and Byron doesn't want to fucking tangle with that shit, so he... Hits up the Mediterranean instead of Europe. Go go it's, into Club Med. Yeah, I'm not going to. You, you gotta. You have to go to. Um, fuck. Where is it? What's the What's the party? Um, in in in, in the Med? In Greece isn't. Yeah, what's the party place in Greece? Oh, what's that fucking place? Oh, Coachella it starts with an M. I forget. It doesn't matter. Let's yeah. go on. Mykonos. 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 Yeah. Mykonos. Yeah. Gabby. You're the best. And, you know, why Why does this bisexual guy want to hit up Greece? Oh, I he don't wants know. to see Skrill- Skrillex play at Mykonos. Yeah, Mykonos. <laughs> but uh, he's, he's there for the boy fucking, just a little bit. You know what I mean? Well, you take a little ecstasy, do a little boy fucking. Yeah. Byron would hit up bathhouses and solicit the boys for sex and get his general fill of homoeroticism. Well, that was normal in Greece, right? Yeah, that's why he wanted to go. It's just like, you know, in London, I'd get hanged for, you know, dipping my peen in a boy. In Greece, they'll probably throw flowers at me for dipping a peen in a boy. So he's just peen deep in Greek teenagers, you know, just for the writing material. How old is he now? Is he a teenager or is he a 20 year old? The very next sentence. The very next (laughs) sentence. In Greece, his 21-year-old self fell in love with a 14-year-old Italian language translator and tutor. So it's Greece. And there's someone there named Nicolo who's teaching him uh, to speak Italian and translating Italian for him. And he's also boning this 14-year-old. Right. No problem with the uh, fact. Tutor. No problem with the fact that he's boning some Greek men. Uh, no men, but boys. Not so uh, cool. Boys, Travis. Uh, we know that. I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. We're putting it in perspective here. Let me tell you something. Having sex with boys not very cool. Nope, <laughs> not cool at all, dude. In England, I was in, in the days. Boy Scouts. I survived. Hello, are you very a man? Good. Can you fight for your country? Don't have sex with boys. That's about it. 
There you go. No punchline there, <laughs> right from the horse's mouth. And guess what? I'm a fucking horse. You understand? Gotcha. Wait, is that illegal uh, there for the bang boys? I don't. I don't know. It, it was there wasn't uh, as harsh of a stigma at the time as elsewhere because, like I said, you'd get fucking strung up in England if you got caught doing homo. Well, Gre- Greece is sense. yeah. Greece is the modern day Thailand. Uh, sure, I'll buy that. Byron re- would refer to his homoerotic encounters uh, using code words because if he got caught saying like, "Yo, I just banged a dude." And it got out, you know, there would be scandal. He would probably want to be strung up. His code word was either Methodism, that's pretty funny, mm. or it would be uh, some Latin jive, coitum plenum et opta bilum. Coitum's too close. Just, I mean, n- yeah, I know I know what that means. Uh, Coming in the mouth? It essentially means like, no, it just means like the tabooist of fucks. Mm. Like who's he telling? This is for his own diary. He's or writing home. He's writing home to his friends, and he's like, "You wouldn't believe what I did. I had methodism with a boy, and like you know, he would use that word to like and no one piece that tracks a little bit." Hey, Lord Byron's just written in. Haven't heard from him in a while. It's quite a long bit he's written. Or right, I, I, I'm Danny and Grace. Right, they got great ozo. Right, olive trees. Great. Law, that's fantastic, mate. Also, Methodism with a young child. <laughs> well, I don't know what that bit means, but uh, I'm pretty sure you had a great time. <laughs> well, look, what does the asterisk say? Look, look, look lower, dude. It's like modern day emojis, like with Yo, the go, go down here. Say, what, what, what's the asterisk say? Oh, it says having vicious anal sex. <laughs> <laughs> Mum's the word, though. <laughs> all right, we won't tell anyone. It's all right. We're in the middle of London. No one can read. Servants can't read. It's never been able to. It's all right. We're out reading. Right, let's go raving. Let's freak out that old bloke's skull again. Right? We still got the keys to the castle. You know what I mean? Let's get some porter down there. We'll have a good time, right? Hopefully, he's down there uh, talking more Latin to underage boys. <laughs> you see how the asterisk looks like an asshole? That's the hint. He's not hiding anything, really, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, this is uh, yeah, a little eggplant, a uh, tight, tight star. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wet eggplant. Wet eggplant. <laughs> Wet eggplant star. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Byron was very, very, very in love with this Niccolo. Uh, though eventually, eventually invalidated, Niccolo was written into Byron's will for 7,000 pounds. They were in love. Oh. And that was they, like a they billion. They were in proper love. They were in love. Back then, that's a billion. Yeah. Yeah. Is Always it? a billion. Mm-hmm. Probably. Or a squillion. <laughs> a squillion. I like that. Mm. At this point in his life, Byron was drowning in so much poon and peen, he was a human sponge of syphilis and gonorrhea. Yes! <laughs> and back in those days, those two things weren't curable. They were treatable. They just hopped you up on mercury and all that good stuff. Because oh. mercury but. works wonders. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Flint, Michigan treatment. Very good. Yeah, that's what he's doing for this. So You shouldn't drink it, but if you need to, you have to drink it. <laughs> so, keep in mind, he's got those two diseases, and he's still got a whole lot of fucking and tor- torn around the continent. 
So just think of, think of him as the, like the European uh, STD fairy at this point. Beautiful. This dick is just oozing white shit constantly. Just <laughs> oozing. So, whether it be discharge or semen. Yes. So man. I know they didn't have ecstasy back then, but this guy would be all about the rave culture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see. I mean, what was his? Did he do drugs? Did you find any drugs? Like, was there opium or like what? Did he do drugs? He must have. I'm thinking he did opium. Okay. He must have. Like, I know he was drinking a lot, but like, there's got to be some type of extracurricular yeah. activity yeah. in there. Uh, I'm going to guess opium. Probably. I don't have it specifically researched, but yes. He probably. He had his vices, to say mm-hmm. the least. So, in the year 1811. He returns home from his grand tour, age 23. Uh, upon arrival, he finds out his mother is dead. Oh, well, his, his mother sucked yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah but uh, he, he still wept. He cried. Uh, he openly wept on her casket, and he couldn't bear an appearance at her funeral, and instead challenges his servants to boxing matches as some sort of fucked up coping mechanism. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's a way to grieve. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's fine. My mother, mom's dead. My dear mother, she called me bad names, and I couldn't stand to watch her chew. <laughs> but aside from Jeeves, that, fight me. Come fight me. <laughs> okay, man, I just work here, dude. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little, little grieving, little sad times about his mom dead, but his mom dead. But from his travels abroad, he's written a poem. And this poem is entitled The Pilgrimage of Child Herald. It's a lot better than the poem that he didn't get out there called I Wish My Mother Is Dead When I Get Home. <laughs> I want to drink out of my mother's skull. Oh, man. I wonder if he did that, actually. <laughs> I would like to drink the marrow out of her spinal cord. <laughs> what do you think it tastes like? Great. Skull juice? What? No, what do you think like, skull juice tastes like? I mean, we had pig brains. Uh, they were smoked, though. Yeah, but you, you know, he had to. He had to cook it a little bit. Right? It's like hot soup, kind of. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Make a stew. Uh, child Harold uh, had one of those extra unnecessary e's after child. So old English. Yay. Uh, Wait, how many? How many babies does this guy have, or butt babies? Uh, he's got none okay. right now. He's just only coming in the anus so far. Probably that's he's skipping port every week. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. So he he probably has kids, right? Probably. Yeah, some... uh, we know of two. He might have a bunch. Of, I think he did have a bunch of illegitimates that, like you know, are shady in their uh, legitimacy. I guess because he's a lord. You know what I mean? I guess like every bastard out there was just like, oh, the lord is my daddy. Yeah. A bunch of those fucking fair-skinned, club-foot Greek kids. You know, <laughs> half group kids, yeah. Uh, interesting thing with uh, the Child Herald is uh, the original draft uh, originally says uh, Child Byron, but it, Byron was eventually uh, crossed out and replaced with Herald. So history thinks he wanted this to be an autobiography but it turned out too scandalous with uh, i don't know the bathhouse fucking of uh, little boys and he just replaced the character with someone named Harold instead of Byron oh okay just to distance distance himself from uh, the homoeroticism also, also Harold's banging all the kids yeah so Harold not me Harold's a jewish name he just wanted to put yeah. it <laughs> he wanted to make it believable Har- Harold Harold okay, and yeah. Kumar go to the bathhouse 
house. <laughs> I saw that one. It's not as good. <laughs> they drove 50 what? miles and met Doogie Hauser and fucked him when he was oh. a baby. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christmas. <laughs> so he hands over this long-winded poem, and it gets published. And the thing is, readers go fucking crazy over it. It's part travelogue. It's part autobiographical. Autobiographical, full of steamy romantis, romantic naughtiness. It's vivid, it's smooth, and it gets him fucking rock star notoriety in Byron's own words. It's like when Shaggy came yeah. out with, like, I, it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's making, like, romance those, like, poem. romance poem, poems and novels. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's what Shaggy's song was about. Would, would you call romance uh, novels or, or romance poems about uh, homosexual men pomos? Pomos, I like that. Yeah. Okay. A couple of pomos, you know, get your rocks off, man. It's Miami. It's cool. So after this gets out, Byron finds out, and he writes this in his own words. I awoke one morning and found myself famous. So it was pretty much an overnight thing. The nobles of London invited him to soirees and banquets alike. Women, like I said earlier, fucking fainted when he made like a surprise appearance at surprise appearance at gatherings. And he gets laid by just droves of these high profile <laughs> London noble women just one after another take a number and his <laughs> his dick's got spots on it he's <laughs> he's got like scantron dick. oh yeah like when you take a his scantron looks like and roll it up print. yeah he's got that irresistible club foot though they just can't keep stay away from him you know <laughs> <laughs> he, he's still got the fucked up foot nobles love charity that's the thing fist fist uh, me with your it. disgusting foot please <laughs> that's called footing, footing. At that point. <laughs> give me a give me a steady footing boy <laughs> He gets flooded with fan mail from swooning ladies. And back in the day, it was considered a token of affection to include a lock of hair in your love letters. And Lord Byron was inundated with locks of lady hair, all of which, by the way, not from lady head. Pubes! Yes! He got pubes in the mails every now what? and then. I think that's a, a, an offense now. But back then... <laughs> you, uh, yeah. No, honestly, Tom, the whole thing, like, I put a locket of your hair inside of my... My pocket watch. You want to lock into the pube. You know what I mean? Like, ooh. Uh, oh, a little bit of maybe. pheromones mixed in there. A little bit of smells. A little bit of, ooh. There's a little bit of peanut butter in there. Ooh. There's a little bit of, <laughs> of uh, Marmite in there. Ooh. Peanut I'm butter. sorry. Is our, is, excuse me, Travis. Before you continue with this fucking <laughs> charade of bullshit, do you think our audience is from 1930? <laughs> Did you Maybe. just try to we make a know. topical conversation about people putting lockets of hair <laughs> in their pocket Bring it watches? back. Hashtag, we already did that 80s oh, shit. Okay. We already did that 90s shit. Let's go back to 1930. Send me pubes. Send me fucking Marmite pubes. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, it's okay. as topical let's, as let's, we let's can get to be now. that famous. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, podcasters are the modern day poets. I think. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just imagine an envelope just filled with pubes, like to the brim. <laughs> That's what he got, dude. Pretty hot. <laughs> That's what he fucking got. And Lord Byron wanted to be wanting to be like you know an, an outstanding gentleman. He he fancied to return the favor. You know what I mean? He's like, okay, uh, I'll send you my locks of. Hair. Do you think Lord? That's However, cute. he got. Do you think he had a landing strip? Like you think he shaved a little bit? You know, like. No, no. Right. I, I think he's full bush, probably. Mm. Full, he had the chin strap, like. 
chin yeah, strap. Yeah, he had that, like, <laughs> <laughs> that is like pubes go around the balls, like chin strap. Yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> like a like a trimmed lion's mane just around yeah. his scrotum. Yeah, he, you took off his pants. You just saw like his ball sack looked like that guy. What was his name? The the pickup artist. That's what his balls looked like. That guy. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so Lord Byron wanted to return the favor and send locks of hair out. However, he got so much fucking fan mail, and, you know, he's only got one fucking head of hair. He's like, I don't want to fucking shave this all off and, you know, be bald. So he would just fucking grab his dog, Boatswain, and shear some of the hair off of him and send it back to the ladies. Oh, God. Was that brilliant? Was that at least the dog's nut hair? Like, I mean, come on. I, I don't know where he grabbed the I'm dog. I'm going to say, I'd at least sent his ball here. And this dog's name was Boatswain? <laughs> Boatswain, the dog. He's great at naming fucking pets. Oh, I love Lord Byron. Think about all those ladies up there in Liverpool rubbing Boatswain all over their junk and bits, you know? Yep. <laughs> rubbing it down. Lord Byron, give it, it to in, me. And meanwhile, like Boatswain. you know, a nice cut to Boatswain. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> Beasts, Mar- animals. Martha, your naughty bitch is showing. Antoinette, what are you doing in there? We only have one bathroom, and I need to get inside of it for pooping. Oh, yeah, no, I'm just rubbing down, you know, just about swining <laughs> my crotch. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, Ew. my God. Yeah, gross. Dog hair. <laughs> um, one noble woman went by the name of Lady Caroline Lamb, was so head over heels in love with Byron that I want all of our listeners in this cast to think of her as the epitome of old-timey, crazy, psychotic ex-lover. Great! She was just, yeah, she was an unstable minefield of fucking red flags just scattered everywhere, and even those red flags would have the tendency to explode, too. Like, that type of chick. Oh, wow. When Byron broke things off with her, she burned an effigy of Byron alongside all of his stuff. She could get a hand. She could get her hands. She had a on. guy fox day. She hires. Yeah, she hires some weirdo lady friends to accompany her, and the affair was likened to a pagany voodoo-ish ritual. She burnt love letters, took his affection, the whole nine yards. Oh, jeez. That's all you get for messing my friends. <laughs> and. At one point, separate occasion, she infamously cut her wrists with a broken champagne oh, bottle no. at a party when Byron upset her. And a that was a huge traumatic. spectacle. It was like a gossiper's frenzy. Yeah, that, that was where um, the band Evanescence got their name from. Because that was the name of the event that she was at, Evanescence. Yeah, the, the Evanescence it Gala. It was Evanescence Gala, uh, and there was that guy, and he was like, Wake me up! Wake me up! It's and then she was like... Let me just like the put the champagne. Oops, I I missed blood. I missed horribly. <laughs> it's all a tremendous misunderstanding. <laughs> yes. I didn't mean and to stop y'all evenings. <laughs> you can keep eating your cupcakes. Keep waking up inside. And after that, she even threatened to get a gun and blow her head off in front of him and his bride if oh, he wow. ever married anyone other than her. So, crazy psychotic ex-girlfriend. And at this point, Lord Byron is earning a reputation of a maiden corrupter. Maiden. Like, well, look what he's doing to the average Londoner uh, regency. I can't believe it. It's as if they have no free will of their own. Weird, right? Uh, Byron's playboy lifestyle racked up a hefty bit of debt. He was 
above accepting his author paychecks. It was posh to write, but it wasn't posh to write for a living. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, I'm a lord. I write. That doesn't sustain me. I am self-sustained. So he just but, doesn't cash in his author paycheck. Uh, but then he, gets into he wasn't self-sustained. Yes, but he wanted to make it look like he didn't need his author oh, paycheck. Right. I do not need these author no. Yeah, but just put like your your favorite butt servant. Just just tell him. Just like look, um, butt servant. You go down to the bank, <laughs> Western and, Union, and tell the, and tell them it's a different Lord Byron. Your name is Henry now. Yes, your That's name how is he, Henry. He dodged creditors sometimes. Yeah, it's a different Lord Byron. Cash a check. Bring down. Bring back the pounds for me, and in return, I will give you sixty pence. You can spend as you please. In in return, yes, I will seven. give you seven poundings. <laughs> oh wow there you go i can't wait lord byron thank you your cock is uh it's great dude it's yeah it's great i don't know it's clubbed it's one of those things where uh, clubbed cock i've seen the stuff that comes out of your dick and i'm excited to also have that uh for my own dick <laughs> <laughs> yes please and uh, the rumor mill is starting to act up that he's a little bit of a homosex. So he's in a little bit of trouble. He's broke. He's got rumors of being gay. Um, he figures, let's kill two birds with one stone and find a sugar mama slash beard, a.k.a. someone that would soak up his debt and make him look heterosexual. Oh, you mean one of those, like, like big-breasted English yes. noble women with a dick? Yes. With what? With a, with, with, with a dick? Yeah! With no dick. With no say, dick. Uh, America right. freedom, but this is England, so like, England freedom, yeah. America big old <laughs> English cock on a big bosom woman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> servant, I just watched the oddest film. It was called Rocky Hara Picture Show. What was that? I'm about? not sure what I'm looking at, but I want a piece of this action. Yes. Transvest was it transvestual Transylvanian? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So he's 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 on the prowl for a sugar mama beard type thing, and he begins courting Lady Annabella Milbank, a wealthy heiress, and her last name is Milbank. I want you to think a million in the bank, that type of rich. Oh, great. Okay. Yes. Milbank. So amidst this courtship, Byron begins to fancy someone else called Augusta Lay, Lady of the Royal Chamber. Mm, she worked for the for the royalty. Wait, did she clean the um, bed chambers, chamber pots? Uh, I think she was the manager of the people that cleaned the chamber pots. So she got to inspect she, uh, the pots, make sure everyone yes. was coming out clean. Yeah. So basically, uh, Lord Byron was fucking Mike Rowe at this point. Dirtiest jobs. <laughs> Uh, Byron was fucking Augusta Lay, a.k.a. his half-sister. Oh! So, I think that might be a roast modem first. I, we've had cousin fuckers aplenty, but I think this is the first sister fucker. The right? step-sister or his real sister? Half-sister. Half-sister. So sister. she's like somehow so, blood-related to him? Yeah. Yeah, it's blood-related. I, oh, I think that is the first, Cody. I think you're right. I think it was the first sister-fucker. Yes, there we go. First sister fucker. Wow, you see, this is this is what pornography uh, and uh, this is how it ruins minds, young minds. Shut yes. up, Tom. Yes. Uh, some yeah. people like corrupt pornography. I like clean pornography. Shrimp. Yeah, I mean, shrimp. Step, step shrimp. Step. Shrimp delicately placed inside of a gaped anus. 
<laughs> what the fuck? Delicately. With gloves oh, on, protection. With gloves. Oh, yeah, yes, with gloves. Do. No dental. Damage. You are you are, you are infused you are infused with latex and shrimp. Yes, I'm placed delicately in the anus. And then we will uh, uh I don't know, write a paper about you. Good. <laughs> Through a funnel or is it just dumped onto your anus? Uh both. Sometimes one Hot thing, sometimes the other, dude. Just porn's all about mystery. It's all about Whoa, what is what's going on right now? All right, back to Lord Byron. <laughs> yeah, I'll take this away from you. Yeah. Okay, so on top of all the homosexual rumors, he's got fucking sister fucking rumors on top of it. So I don't know what you guys would prefer. Like, oh, would you rather have homosexual rumors or incestuous rumors floating around you? Our boy well, Lord Byron had both to contend with at this point. When we were growing up, there was this whole, and I think it's very non-PC right now, where people are like, no homo. Right, like, oh no homo. Oh yeah, but like that was like shit you said when you're growing up. Like I, I would much rather. I think much rather. You know, instead of saying that, say like no incest, <laughs> no incest, bro. Incense. No incest. Got it. No inst. No inst. No, no incest, bro. No inst. And it's it's fucking uh, England Regency, so you know what I mean. Like maybe some of the maybe it's par for the course for those. Incense to me now. <laughs> I'd rather people think I'm gay than banging my sister. Yeah, right. That's pretty okay. fucked. That's fair. Well, what about so, if your sister thinks you're gay? <laughs> As you're fucking. Her. <laughs> I mean, Mike, can we right, just take that sound clip and just send it to Pornhub and yeah. be like, "Hey, Pornhub, <laughs> guess what? Everywhere. It's not cool. No one likes this unless they're stupid." No Incestuous rumors breaking out. Everyone's thinking like, "Oi, Lord Byron's porking his half sister," and you know, to to cope with this and to abate the rumors, uh, your boy Lord Byron hurry ups and marries uh, Lady Milbank yeah. on uh, January second, eighteen fifty. But the fucking horn dog he was, Byron invites his half sister to move in with the newlywed couple at the time. Awful threesomes. Yeah. Was he aware at the time that she was his half-sister? Oh, yeah, they knew. Or was it like that like Luke Skywalker thing? No, no, no. They they definitely knew. They were introduced. Uh, this was like the first time in his life he was meeting his half-sister, Augusta. Uh. But uh, the thing they both shared and kind of like fell in love with each other, aside from a parent, um, <laughs> was they both had the same like genetic lisp, and they thought it was cute. On each other. That's cool. So like, You're so cute. I just want to stick my tongue down your fucking gullet and touch the same <laughs> stomach acids because my mommy said you did gins touch if you did cookies <laughs> at the same time. I've been to Greece before. Where have you been? <laughs> so this 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 flat is set up like a fucking sitcom. We have Lord Byron, suspected womanizer, rumors of having homosexual incestuous affairs. He's got a gambling and a whoring problem, and he leaves droves of uh, broken heart, heartbroken, jilted ex-lovers. And then we've got powerful heiress, new bride, and now pregnant Lady Milbank. And then we also have Augusta, the half-sister with a high-profile job that can be easily shredded by the slightest mention of incestuous what? scandals. What was her job? Holy she fuck. was a woman back in the 1800s. What job was that? No, she was the uh, uh, first lady of the royal chamber. Oh, so she just kind of sat there. Yeah, she looked at poop all day. Yeah, she, yeah, she managed the uh, chamber pot uh, transfers. <laughs> the fuck? What's in the pot? <laughs> I'm going to go kiss my brother. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the mounting pressure gets to be too much for Lord Byron, and he, he decides he's got to break up this love triangle. And he sends Milbank away, not his half-sister. Oh. So, he does away with the opposite of what you would expect. Did they actually get divorced? Because I know divorce was like a big old <clears throat> thing back then. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yes, Travis. We'll get into that right now. So, Milbank is asked to get up and leave. You know, she's fucking pregnant with Oh, she's still preggers. Oh, she's pregnant, too? Yeah, she's still preggers. Milbank runs away back to her wealthy parents, and uh, her dad is not fucking happy for, you know, reasons apparent. Uh, That was an unintended joke. Uh, He finds... uh, Daddy Milbank finds Byron's crazy ex-lover, Lady Lamb. Remember her? Psychotic fuckwad. Oh, yeah. She's great. She's a good good time at a party. So Daddy Milbank greases her palms and asks her to prepare a testimony affirming that Lord Byron is, in fact, a flaming homosexual. So at one point, Byron lets it slip that he's been in anuses to his ex-crazy girlfriend, Lamb. And his father-in-law leverages Lamb with a little bit of money to get ready to say, like, this guy This is, is a, a big old TMZ shit in the 1800s. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I, right. yeah that's a good one. And then, I mean, like, you just never tell the woman in your life the gay stuff you've done. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm talking well, about? You were in a, you know Tom I mean, was in a frat. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I had a great <laughs> time. Got it, got it. <laughs> in the Suffolk frat. Yeah. I had a frat house at Suffolk. <laughs> <laughs> it was in a van. <laughs> We we call this the 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 Corum Creamers. Uh, we couldn't think of a, oh, we couldn't yeah, think yeah. of a Greek name. We had a great time yeah. out east. Uh, we got, we rented a house for thirty six dollars a month. The Sharknados. Yeah, there was there was seven people living in it, and everyone uh-huh. had their hats on backwards while we had gay anal sex. Dude, uh, well, you oh, know what? I mean, way. if you're talking about Go sharks, if you're talking about <laughs> Suffolk, um, this is a very local joke. But if you're talking about Suffolk fraternities. You know the puka necklace. Every shell you put on the puka necklace is a different anus you've came come in. And I saw right, your yeah. puka necklace, Tom. It was wow. Was there was long. a lot of what? shells on there. Well, I started calling it the jump rope. <laughs> <laughs> Salt life. So, oh God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Daddy Milbank has got all like this testimony, and he's using it as blackmail blackmail on Lord Byron and he's forcing Byron's hand to end the unhappy marriage take all of the blame and self-impose an exile so the deal is hey get away from my daughter tell the public it's your fault accept that disgrace and dishonor and then get the fuck out of here or I'll tell everyone you're gay and you're gonna get lynched would they really lynch uh, you back in the I heard there was like a sexual revolution going on in the 1800s in London. Uh, my research Lynched? says like it was a capital okay. punishment thing. All right. Yeah. And it, and it, if the proper authority uh, if the proper authorities didn't get around to it, like they're just like the 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 regency might just pay some yeah, okay. to visit you in the middle of the night. Yeah, they just knock on your door. Wake up, Poofta. <laughs> Wake up, Poofta. <laughs> I'm not answering this. Jesus Christ. Wake And then he opens the door, he walks down the steps and he's uh-huh. just like how can I help you? Are you a Pufta? <laughs> no. Oh, Me. All right. Goodbye, Pufta. <laughs> Show us your sausage roll. <laughs> you spotted dick. Yeah, we haven't used that at all. No. 
And uh, Lord Byron accepts. He's like, all right, I'll not risk this unjust capital punishment and get the fuck up and out. And he's quoted famously as saying, either I wasn't fit for England or England wasn't fit for me. Just like, yeah, I guess you got blackmailed out of the country. Or England didn't fit inside of me. (laughs) (laughs) No. I only got half of the population. I maxed out at four. And there's about the two million men. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, Byron accepted this offer in 1816. He ended the marriage after only one year of being a husband. Uh, he accepted the disgrace of cheating on a noble woman, and he got the fuck up out of England, never to return, never to meet his one legitimate did, daughter. Wow. Did he, like, properly yeah. get divorced? Like, was this, like, something that was, like, the church was like, all right. Yeah, I, I think... Okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he brunted all of the shame and bitterness of it. He, he had to be like, it's all my fault. I'm, I'm a bad husband. She's, you know, the proper lady, but it's me that's fucked up and ruining everything. I'm sorry for everything. I, I, I'm going to miss going to the mall with you. <laughs> I'm going to miss a lot of things that we did in our relationship. And I just want to say, I think your dad's an asshole, but you're pretty nice. And thank you for letting my sister move into your house. <laughs> His half-sister. She's my it's half-sister. It's not as bad as that. Well, I mean, so the kiss is only half as bad. <laughs> <laughs> and he bums around a little bit. He bums around Belgium. And uh, he eventually ends up squatting in Geneva, Switzerland. Oh, cool. Now, uh, Geneva had a bit of a reputation for welcoming and granting refugee to political exiles. And Byron shows up, blackmailed out of fucking England, and he's just like, yeah, 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 politics were definitely involved with my fucking exile. Oh, yeah. And Geneva lets him stay and set up shop. Byron was very quick to make a few friends, a doctor, John William Polidori, uh, the famous poet, Percy Shelley, and Percy's girlfriend, Mary Godwin. Oh, and that would be Mary Shelley, had I wrote Frankie scene. Yes. After Mary Godwin marries the boyfriend, she becomes Mary Shelley. Does that ring a bell for anyone? Frankenstein? Frankenstein. Yes. There you I go. I am so Frankenstein. Look. I can see her. We'll get into that a little bit Okay. And uh, by the way, just because Byron fucked about just about everything he in London. He fucked Mary Shelley? Uh, a strange, he did not okay. fuck Mary Shelley, but a strange coincidence unraveled that he had fucked Mary Shelley's sister in London. Uh. So it's just like, oops, like, oh, look at that. Uh, boned my new friend's sister. Eskimo, uh, Eskimo sisters. You must have a way of words. Yeah. Uh, the sister's name was Claire Claremont. And uh, she figured, uh, oh, hey, my ex-boyfriend is living with my sister. Let's, you know, go hang out because we all have a history. And the, the Byron got back with his ex, Claire Claremont, and they all lived together in uh, a huge lakeside manor. A, a modern-day reality show. Just a bunch of hacks that think they're stars living together and sucking each other off. This is Big Brother. Well, <laughs> Big Brother, mate. Got it. Uh, in this mansion during a rainy long weekend, Byron suggested they kill a few days with spooky stories and some writing sessions. Uh, the doctor, John William Polidari, uh, penned a writing which would later become The Vampire. Vampire spelled with a Y. And this redefined the vampire horror story. 
the vampire antagonist used to be the slimy, decrepit, hunchback archetype. Think, like, Nosferatu-type character. Yeah. Uh, Polidori wrote about a suave, mesmerizing, romantic, lady-killing, vampiric antagonist. And here I want you to think Dracula from, like, the Castlevania series. Or Twilight, right. dog. No, why not Twilight. not Twilight Dog? It's got that guy. That it's got joke. fucking what's his name in it? Team Freddie Mercury. Yeah, okay, whatever. Who I cares? This would later <laughs> inspire Bram Stoker to write his fucking book. So, and and it, it's believed Polidari pulled from Byron to write this new vampiric antagonist. So, so you're saying you like can, these guys shacked up for a few days to exchange yeah. stories. Well, they're, they're, they're living together, and Byron decides, like, hey, let's kill some time by, you know, ghost stories and writing, and the vampire came out of it, and as Travis pointed out earlier, another horror story came out of it. Twilight. I no, Frankenstein. <laughs> Wait, so so Byron, so, so this guy asked Byron, he's like, tell me about your experience. Well, then he was like, well, I have burned through the witches and slammed through the bitches <laughs> in the back God of my Dracula, and, and then all of a sudden, uh-huh. Dr- Dracula appears. Yeah, the Dracula, the, the the Dracula archetype we know today. This is a a nice chunk of history that I could do with that. Yeah, it's the birth I of God. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, right. So I that thinking. and also. I couldn't imagine living in a house with a bunch of people who want to tell me stories they just made up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, isn't that what like, we I do, don't want to hear. <clears throat> these were classics, Tom. I don't want to hear a real... Pe- yeah, there were classics at the time. Like They became classics, so wouldn't you want to hear a classic before it became a classic? Like, one in a hundred stories that's true and people try to tell me, I'm, I, I say, no, thank you. <laughs> So imagine that shit. Just like, well, well, well uh, I'm really bored, and I, you know, I come from money. So check this out. There's a guy, well, I'll and you he's back then. he's got a cape. Fuck. And he can come in and fuck anyone he wants. Yeah. And some of them, he turns into ladies. Really? Yeah. You know, like gives him the old blood pump. You know. So we're basically talking about a whole eternity of weekends. We're basically talking about the mythical person. So basically, Lord Byron is the mythical person, and I want you to bleep the last name, John. Uh, Okay, (laughs) we've talked about him on the show before. We've talked about him on the show before. But this is who John is. My uncle like sucked a lady's tit, and blood came out, and then I turned into a vampire. That's sick. And he was only yeah, one of seven, works. and they all do different <laughs> disciplines of samurai warriorship. And I had to kill one of them because the other one stole the other one's car. <laughs> oh, man. And like we said earlier, we got Mary Shelley churning out Frankenstein. Great horror classic. Read it if you haven't. And after this writing session... uh Lord Byron knocks up Claire. Oh. You know, it's out of fucking wedlock, and he treats this offspring like shit. It's a daughter Byron would refer to as his, quote-unquote, little illegitimate. <laughs> L- L- nice. It rolls off the tongue. Little illegitimate. Little illegitimate. I'm impressed he could do that with a lisp. Say small little illegitimate child. Of uh, only feed a Idaho fried French fried potatoes from the red bag. 
That sounds good. As right to now. not impede his bachelor lifestyle, Byron had her shipped to a convent where she would eventually and quietly succumb to typhus by the age of five. That's, That's how you do it. Get rid of it. So you solve her your name, problems. Nobody wants kids. Her name, her name was Allegra, and it means happiness. So very tragic life well she shouldn't have been all right first of all she should have been named after a prescription because that's how you get stupid names i'm gonna name my son Uh zoloft (laughs) Zoloft, i like that yeah i'm gonna name mine advil (laughs) advil vegan that rolls off i like that that's great clorazepam his mellow unharshed by his illegitimate illegitimate daughter uh byron spent his time writing and uh fucking claire some more cool and we got a bunch of posh young writers in one mansion. Uh, the Shelleys had this reputation of practicing free love. So think of them as 1800s hippies. What's that shit in, called? Uh, Geneva. Uh, Narpla? M- Malpa? Nambla, you mean? Nambla. Oh, having sex with boys. No, that's, that's different. different. This is, I, this is more like, like free poly- lovers, though. No, no, that's polyg. You're thinking polygamy. And, and Well, yeah. Or polyamorous, which is also a haka shit. That's a cool flute you played. Um, no, I mean, I, I think that the Shelleys, um, that they, it wasn't so much of hippie shit as it is like modern day, yeah, like you were saying, Tom, like polygamy. Yeah, I mean, because they weren't yeah, like yeah. hippies. They, they were just like... Open, open relationship. You know, a hippie is like, dude, I just came in her because like the daffodils told me to come in her. And like, let me just turn to this, yeah. let me turn to this okay. sunflower and like fucking come in that sunflower. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, no, this was different. This was a bunch of royalty and people with money living in one house. Yeah. And then if two of them happened to like get into the... Because they wake up at all yeah. times of the day. And if two of them were in the breakfast nook eating their poached <laughs> eggs at the same time, mm. they would look at each other while tapping the egg. <laughs> the tapping si- Size each other up. Would you care <laughs> to have a bit of sex <laughs> after this egg? That's how they right, did exactly. Things. You got it, Tom. You nailed it. So we got this reputation of an open marriage, and then we got this sister fucker, uh, bisexual in the mix, and there's Claire. <laughs> so the entire mansion has this rumor like, oh, it's just one crazy sex party, never-ending sex party over at this lakeside mansion. Mm-hmm. And soon tours are being organized through the mansion grounds, and opportunists on the opposite lakeshore are... Uh, Renting binoculars to travelers so they can Whoa. probably get a sneak peek at some boning. Oh, yeah. Let me, man, let man. me see the titties. I, see. I would love to receive oh, the titties yes. in my eyes. They just fucking write all day. My wife doesn't like me no more, but you know, I'll tell you something. I'm going to get a, a, a pop of titty. This one, if I bring him in, I'm going to get him nice and horny and bring him back home after that and plow in the bushes, you know? <laughs> in the back of my lorry. It's about getting them rolled up. <laughs> so. Byron hates this. He left England to like dodge and lay low, and it's not happening here because the the his reputation's catching up with Let's him. Call it paparazzi. Yeah, paparazzi, Swiss paparazzi, and yeah, but- Byron found this grotesque. He wanted to leave it behind, and he up and lo- he up and leaves Switzerland and relocates in fucking Italy of all places. Can't a man bang his sister in peace? <laughs> <laughs> And so Byron makes it to Venice by 1817, and it's Italy. Everyone's fucking. Byron gets into it. He brags about having sex with 200 Italians. The great thing about Venice is you can't tell if it's just the water or a lot of vaginas. 
He's a Guido now. Well, he, he, oh, it, we're it, gonna, we'll get into that. It was probably closer to a hundred women because I know one thing I know about Italian women is that they they have facial hair. Yeah, yeah, and, a little bit, and it, it's nice. But like, what happens <laughs> is like you get drunk and you start off with one woman who looks like uh, you know from a distance and all blurry eyed, no facial hair there, and then you sober yep. up a bit and you realize you've had sex with two women. <laughs> Well, also nowadays too, it's like they don't have facial hair because there's about seven pounds of concealer on their face. Yeah, oh, that's how yeah, they, they no, don't want to yeah. shave, so they just pile on concealer. They mat it down. Yeah, yeah they turn yeah, themselves okay. into a fucking paper mache. Byron always targeted married women. It was just something. It was, it was something that got his rocks off. He liked the taboo of just plowing a fucking married chick, and he would he would write home and just be like, I got another one. Cody, yeah. roughly how um, old is he now? I mean, I'm assuming he's like in his 30s, uh, maybe? 18, 17, uh, probably his late, late 20s. 20s. Okay. Also, yeah. uh, Cody... Very short life, by the way. Cody, I, 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 uh, you have any theories as to why he went after married women? He liked, he liked taboo fucking. He, he liked stuff that was frowned upon that's why he he liked boy assholes that's why he liked banging <sighs> all right all right uh, but married women but hear me out can you think of okay. another reason that perhaps he only went after married women uh nothing comes to mind but uh lay down what you're thinking well a married woman tend to come with a married man and with a married oh, man okay. comes yeah. a shaft and butthole a little swinger yeah yeah Hey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So get friendly. Get friendly. Hey, yeah. what are we gonna have fun together? You know, because I'm a bisex, and when you're a bisex, you get the best of all worlds. Uh, Travis went there, on. Yeah. Yeah. Travis, you were ranting about that uh, recently. <laughs> uh, that? A totally off podcast. I'm just They're throwing. Greedy. You were you were so upset. You were just like, I wish I was the bisex, because then I'd be able to get damn. Well, yeah. Men. It's that's the you, best. Of- that's how you talk when you're drunk too. You know, you talk you talk like a Southern Baptist. Yeah. Preacher. Twang. Yeah, I talk yeah, like I a- talk like Mitch McConnell and or that guy who's that fucking weird guy. But anyway, you know, it's the best. It's, it's the best of both worlds, right? And you know, the male yeah. rogenous zone is in the prostate. So you want to <laughs> yeah. please your woman? You want to please your man? Enter the male erogenous zone and Lord Byron. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. And this, that, is, this is where your jealousy comes in. This is where Lord Byron had it figured out. He would go to the woman, knowing that she was involved with a uh, already spoken for man. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, then you can really keep it under so, wraps. Uh, then you could. I'm gonna fuck the whole. If family. you're if you're married, if you're a married woman or a man. And you really want to spice up your relationship? Go to etsy.com slash Byron Boys, and you can receive oh, you can receive a a firm shaft that will tickle your gentleman's prostate and make you cream. I right, put oh, on my list yeah. the websites to check out. Yeah, right. Enter code RMC for fifteen yeah. percent off. Oh. Byron would oftentimes get raging drunk and fall into the Venetian canals more than once. And those it's fucking things are poop. gross. Really? I was gonna I was gonna describe it as birdbath water yeah. with sewage. Oh. Mainly it, poop. It's exactly what it smells like. I think seventy five percent of this cast has been to Venice before. I've never been there. You're the twenty five. Yeah, twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> we all went. We all went together. Saying. Besides you, Mike, you weren't invited because you were a child. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. True. We, it's it's painted as like this romantic venue but it just smells like every pigeon shit is swept into the venetian canals and Mm. just left there so like the hudson Um, yeah 
Yeah, you can think of it as no, the Hudson. No, the H- you could drink out of the Hudson compared to the fucking Venetian canals. That's got Italian uh, duty out of it. That's that's squidding pasta coming out of the other end. Lots of pizza dough. No, honestly, if you built the city on the East River, that's what it is. Yeah, okay. And your boy Byron would gloat that he nailed a chick that fished him out of the canals that's hot. one time. That is disgusting, Mike. Byron is covered in pigeon fecal matter. His dick has already got syphilis and chlamydia in it, and he goes like right. He, he fucking raw dogs the, the Came female to the shower that first. fishes around. She falls in, and he and she's running around. Oh, get cozy, get cozy! And he's like, "Help me! I don't speak Italian. I just had sex with my teacher. I didn't learn anything." <laughs> then he gets out, has sex, probably has oh, a baby. Man. Forgets that's about it. My, that's a sewage child. <laughs> yeah, that that's what. <laughs> yeah, that's how Danny DeVito's come yeah, into existence. That's yeah, Shredder from the ninja, the <laughs> Turtle Ninjas. I forgot. Oh. That <laughs> Cody, so fuck you, Mike. You're right. That's hot. That's hot. <laughs> oh, it's gro- that's probably a urinary tract infection. Dude, from hell. that's called love. Imagine Cody. that water that's getting love. pushed hot. All right. <laughs> Byron, he's in Italy. He's got some sexual liberation on the boy fucking front. Italians weren't huge sticklers for for homosexuality. They would fucking gossip to high hell, but death threats weren't a fucking thing in Italy. You have a sex with my boy? Just bring him back before sunset. Come on. (laughs) Yep, there you go. Tom's got it. Uh, Here's where Lord Byron writes uh, the story of Don Juan, a fictitious, legendary... He's the one that spat at windmills. No, that's yeah, Don Quixote. Same shit, Travis. dude. Same Don Juan shit. is like a libertine, it's like a fancy boy. There's a Johnny Depp movie about him, and he's not even crazy go. during it. He's just normal. <laughs> but here I am. It's an early role. I'm not like, I haven't hung out with Hunter S. Thompson yet. I don't have to pretend to be something I'm not. I'm just a man who looks fucking hot. Yeah, hot man. Yeah. Uh, let's do a quick sidebar with the name Don Juan. I look at the name J-U-A-N. And I instinctively want to pronounce it Juan. But if you fucking do this while reading the poem, it breaks the rhyme scheme to high fucking hell. Uh, For whatever fucking reason, Lord Byron intended you to pronounce Juan Juan. Juan. So it would. Juan. What you doing? So it would would rhyme with the rest of the poem. Like Hewan? What did he say that would rhyme with it? Ruin. Uh, Ruin. Oh, ruin. He wanted he wanted Juan to rhyme with ruin, Juan. and that involves getting rid of a fucking syllable, and it's a whole fucking Juan. nightmare. It made me look like a fucking moron in my college courses because I just wanted to say Duan, Duan. Don Juan like a normal person, but it's Don Juan. That's because he's English, Juin. and English English people yeah. before like maybe like nine or before like maybe twenty nineteen were completely uncultured. <laughs> um, like they they believe spaghetti became uh, came from a tree in in the early twentieth century. So like that's why he's like, oh, it's pronounced Hewan. And okay, well you're fucking uh, dumb English, Jewin, Don Hewan. All right, well that's a questionable yeah. thing, but no, it's true. That is a real Side thing. Bars. They thought spaghetti came from a tree. No, yeah, dude, the BBC that's, that's not true. It is true. That's not true at all. That's a fucking. That's a a housewives tale. No, dude. people believe that shit, dude. And until 2019, mm, they're like, "Wow, it. spaghetti is different." Oh my god, it's not pronounced Juan. It's pronounced Xavier. I'm not saying they were cultured. I'm I'm just saying that particular instance. I think 
Maybe. Exactly. I love English people putting out there. Let's move on because Don Hewen, Jewen, Don Jewen is in ruin right now. And that makes sense to me, right? That's how he wanted you to say it. Don Jewen? Yeah, but it, it hurts my head to do that, so... Let's let's step away. Tom, from are this you doing topic. a Jewin face uh, right now? What is this going? <laughs> <laughs> That's what my account looks like Byron. when I bring in all my all my papers. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> transactions, uh, Byron sells off his ancestral home and starts life anew. So he's he, he sells his rager ruins. Uh, he buys an estate and establishes a fucking eccentric little zoo right where he lives. That's cool. Uh, yeah, close friend uh, Percy, uh, Percy Shelley, remember him? He wrote, quote, Lord B's establishment consists of ten horses, eight enormous dogs, three monkeys, five cats, an eagle, a crow, and a falcon. And later in the margins, he also writes, and I have just now met on the grand staircase five peacocks, two guinea hens, and an Egyptian She's a regular old Dr. Doolittle's. So, Whatever Dr. happened Doolittle. to the, the pet bear he had in college? Oh, pet bear. I'm sure that was like a fucking like one-off little like prank he uh, did. He probably slugged that thing while he stakes. Oh, probably that. Yeah, probably <laughs> killed it. And he's got this crazy little bachelor pad in Italy. And another sidebar, small note. Some point in time in Italy, he gets a sunburn. Ow. Because an Italian museum has the gross Byron peelings on display. Like, <laughs> Ew. <laughs> uh, Dude, throw that him. out, Spain. Uh, you, uh, you can talk to the Biblioteca Clasenza in Ravenna, Italy. All Travis, right, Italy, fucking throw that shit out. It's gross. I, I hope Roast Mortem can be that famous. Uh, I hope I hope if anyone gets my skin peelings, they just throw it in the garbage. No, save that shit. Hope someone wears my skin. Save the skin peeling. Jesus. Throw out the traps. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why, thank you, Tom. This one's more well-behaved. <laughs> Byron moves to Pisa and is visited again by Percy Shelley. And they're both semi-retired poets. Uh, the two decide to do the bourgeois thing and get into boating. Byron dumps a shitload of money into his boat. A multi-mast, multi-masted, multi-cabined... It ship, it's huge, it's lavish. He christens it the Bolivar. Uh, Percy does not dump so much money into his commissioned vessel, and because of this, he sets out and instantly drowns. (laughs) 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 Fuck you, Percy, you piece of shit. You should have named me something other than the fucking dinky. You should have gone with something big. (laughs) At least life preservers. Uh, The year was 1822 when this happened. And Percy's gross, bloated body washes up on the beach the next day. That's gruesome. And the Pisa, the Pisa authorities show up, and they're just like, Ew, <laughs> icky. And they think the body's too fucking nasty to take back in the city limits, so they just torch the fucker right there dude, on the that's, beach. Dude, if nice. you're playing Resident Evil, best move. Just torch it, dude. Burn it. Just burn it. Yeah. You know, red yeah. skulls. Are you don't need any Percy back. skulls come so back. They, yeah, so they torch Percy on the beach. Byron's there. He's distraught, but he's lingering. And everyone's thinking, like, oh, he, he's just feeling it. He's in mourning. But uh, Byron's sitting there uh, waiting for the fire to go out to uh, get dibs on Percy's skull. Oh, so you can drink out of it? <laughs> yup. <laughs> this guy is and, fucking something else. He really is. Yeah. Can you guys uh, drink out of my skull, please? 
I'll do. Yeah, I will. Dude, I mean, like this, we rinse. Well, you we send it to a taxidermist or something. And I'll right, clean it. Okay. Put some salsa in, in your skull. Yeah. yeah. Well, just not guac because I'm allergic. I mean, I love guac, but we'll just we'll get some. I don't think your skull will care if on you're the side. allergic to guac. We'll get some rust oleum clear coat. It'll be fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, acrylic but, shit. But like this guy sounds like he can replace every single character in the show Ducktales all at once. <laughs> That's very true. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah. Huey, Dewey, and, and the news. Um, <laughs> uh, at this point, the Pisa authorities know what he fucking does with skulls because his reputation catches up with him, and he is fucking denied outright. They're like, we know what you're going to do with that. No. that, that At least he wasn't going to turn into a flesh. What are they going to do so, with the body? You don't know what he... He's probably going to sip out of it. But... Uh, there you go. With his best friend dead and most of the interesting people in Italy already fucked, Byron grew tired of his Italian life. He received a distress call from one of his Greek contacts, however. Uh, the correspondents asked him to join the fight in freeing Greece from Ottoman rule. And Byron, you know, he's a general fucking wannabe. He dumped his current mistress and packed it up for Italy once again. Mm. Or... He packed it up for Greece once again. Oh, you Ottomans gotta get it now. I'm angry about something that uh, my, they wouldn't let me drink out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the last straw. Like, it was only in Italy to drink from Percy's skull. <laughs> so here we have Byron returning to Greece. He's amped up. He's got to fight alongside Greek soldiers, liberate the country from those nasty Ottomans. Get him. Uh, he wants to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants to go down in history as the savior of the birthplace of Western civilization. And the entire ordeal will also appease that military wannabe boner he's had since fucking forever. He devotes 30,000 pounds to the Greek liberation cause, ready and willing to accept his military destiny. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he didn't have any money at this point, from what you've described. So where's he getting this 30... A hundred thirty thousand. He sold. He sold his fucking uh, ruins. Remember, and that gives him oh, the funds right, to right. like do the do the zoo, do the boat, oh, the and fuck around house. in uh, Italy, well, Greece for a little bit. I forgot he liquidated his assets. Yeah, you also said yeah. uh, military destiny. I, I think you. Were, I think you said the wrong yeah. word. Military dong. <laughs> dong. <laughs> he uh. He, he had something sucking his uh, dong uh, uh, later on. wasn't Wasn't fucking sexual though. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, we'll get into that later. Uh, your boy Byron was appointed Firemaster of the Artillery Division. Sounds fucking killer. That's a cool title. Is that just yeah, uh, is. uniform coordinator? <laughs> he would be the guy that would give the order, like, load and fire. Do and it. Cannons would go off. Yeah, do, do it. Do fuckers. it. Make it happen. that uniform. So, uh, it sounds all sexy and good until he fucking gets there. He gets stationed in a crap crater called Mislongi. And he's not fucking happy. There's no glorious Greek countryside sun-kissed battlefront. It's a rainy, swampy area with unenthusiastic troops to train. All these Greek curmudgeons are fucking actually mix, uh, mercenaries, and they're all demanding back pay before taking any further orders. Okay. So just, and all, oh, damn. Morale is low. And, so all the, and all their relatives move to Astoria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sell uh, euros. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the weather is shite. He gets holed up in the barracks for way fucking too long. He's like this free, rambunctious spirit. He wants to, like, you know, not be cooped up. He gets frustrated and orders uh, a horse to be readied for a joyride in the rain. 
Let me draw a ride in the rain and my horse gonna take my stallion. Yeah, he just run on a battlefield. Sorry, Mike, what was that? He's just like riding around in like a terrible battlefield joyriding. Uh, He didn't want to go to the battlefield, but he wanted to go like, you know, just get out, stretch uh, his legs and his horse. He just wanted to take his Ferrari out and listen to the synth wave like driving the highway. Ah, don't we all? Cool. (laughs) Uh, Against his subordinate's advice, he rides out into the rainy night. Uh, He does return safely, but he seemingly trades in his cabin fever for a fucking actual fever. One of which he would never fully recover from. War Byron. Wait, so he's got all these uh, sexual diseases and now he has a fever? Just now? (laughs) The cherry on top, yeah. His immune system buckled this once. Mike, 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 ask me how he dead. How does this boy die? Now, uh, we know from past experiences, Travis that 1920s American doctors were laughably bad. What do you think 1820s Greek doctors were like? You put a spinach on it. Wait. Put this leopard on your uh, back and let it heal you. Dude, you say put spinach on it, Tom? Because when I had a cut in the deli we both worked in, they were like, they just took a fucking Newport and cracked it over the cut, and they're like, "You put the tobacco oh, over the yeah. cut." Seriously, that works. It does. To day, if you get yeah, a little really? cut, you get a nice nick on it with a knife. Find your friend who smokes because he's the cool guy. He'll give you one. Yep. And you just crack it over there, and, and man, you will be healed. It up really in no does time. work. Wait, it works for me once. Heal your cuts. And yeah, also, wow. if you have a tapeworm, just start eating cigarettes. Yeah. Why well, tapeworm? No, it like kills that. the tapeworm. Well, how do you know you have a tapeworm? Because you're you're like you're dying of malnutrition, oh. but eating like a donkey. All right, good. I thought I had one. <laughs> you're probably good, Mike. Just now, you can you can eat a cigarette. Yeah, right eat now one, dude. Eat safe. it, man. I'll really let it boost cigarette. our YouTube views. <laughs> Mike, we well, can do yeah, like a they, sweet like uh, like one of those like thumbnails of like Mike cracking the cigarette and there's like a bit X through it. <laughs> Not sponsored by camels. Not sponsored by camels. All right, so, but Cody, like you were asking before, sorry to backtrack. No. So, uh, uh, an old timey Greek doctor is going to prescribe cigarettes. He is going to prescribe um, spanakopita. Spanakopita. Okay. It's going to happen. <laughs> okay. Uh, I can't refute any of that. Let's just say that did happen. Mm. But after all of that, uh, the Greek doctors. Uh, pulled up a wheelbarrow of leeches and just threw it on Lord Byron's (laughs) chest and lap and waited for the miracle of old school bloodletting to do its thing. Oh my god, I don't know if I could ever do that. I would just die. I would just just let myself just die. Hey Mike, that's exactly (laughs) what fucking happened to Lord Byron. (laughs) 19, April No, but that's some Joe Rogan experience shit, right? He was fear factor. Oh yeah, okay. (laughs) April 19th, sounds familiar. 1824, Lord Byron was bled nearly dry by a wheelbarrow full of leeches at the age of 36. That's my birthday! Holy shit. That's your birthday, that's bicycle day, that's all kinds of good days. That's why, okay, that, I swear to God, the guy died how he lived, by being sucked off. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine how fucking deadly those leeches were? Just filled with syphilis and gonorrhea, <laughs> like they, like that. Those leeches probably. Yeah, it's a good thing no. It's a good thing no. Was like, let's have a fry up. Oh 
God, Greeks are weird. <laughs> Let's eat these leeches. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just leave them in one of these white buildings and never come back to it. <laughs> Lord Byron was mourned in Greece for three entire weeks. His heart was pulled out and buried underneath the tree before his corpse was shipped back to England. There he was embalmed in brandy. Uh, the Undertaker's notes revealed he had a freakishly huge brain. Upon examination, it weighed 82 ounces, nearly wow. double the average human brain, uh, human human being's brain. <laughs> All right, Cody, ounces. I saw what I you did eight. right there. There was like something that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh-huh. and you were like freakishly uh-huh. large brain, freakishly. And large I was thinking, brain. Oh, maybe he's gonna say dong, but like, what did the coroner oh. find? <laughs> He found the smartest man on the face of the planet. Have you ever heard of a brain this big? A big brain brain bisexual. Weeping women stormed his funeral procession, attempting to throw themselves at his coffin. Uh, However, uh, Lord Byron still was not um, well respected within the English nobility because he, you know, he fucking uh, knocked up uh, Milbank and left her and, you know, took all the blame and accepted all the disgrace before uh, self-imposing exile. So the English Regency were not a fan of Byron, and uh, they gave him a special fuck you at his wedding that I thought is really English and classy. Uh, usually, at his wedding or his funeral? What's that? At his funeral? Yeah, at his funeral. Oh, you said wedding. Oh, just... fuck. Excuse me. At his okay. fucking funeral. Uh, there was a very classy English fuck you. Uh, usually, when uh, Regency shows up to a public event like this, they'll roll up in their carriage, and whoever's like, you know, the carriageman will will say, you know, something along the lines of, presenting his lordship, Ham Knuckle III, and his wife, Eris Queefton, Lady Margarine. And then, like, he would open the doors, and the two, like, inbred Regency folks would, you know, hobble out and be like, oh, that's me, and, you know, it would clap and all that. But to, uh, as a... Uh, classy fuck you to Byron, the the cab driver would announce, his lordship so-and-so and his wife this, open the carriage door, show is fucking empty, close it, and then peel the fuck out. <laughs> Just as like a little fuck you to Byron. Nice. Yeah, I like that. It's yeah, very that's English. Cool. It's like yeah. a very Heinz Big Beans yeah, yeah. job. The- <laughs> yes, yes, we will have tea. We is have there- Earl Grey on a Sunday. <laughs> And more so after Byron's death, his publishers combed over his unpublished memoirs and diaries. Uh, fearing further scandal, they just up and fucking torched them. So we don't actually know the full extent of Lord Byron's fuckery. What we heard tonight could have just been a tenth of a single percent of the shit he got into. This guy, oh, geez. This guy I know for a fact that he traveled yeah. a lot. He yeah. traveled to Asia at one point. I was doing a little skimming over here. How many Bengal tigers do you think he came inside? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. That was man. documented and then poof, up in flames because <laughs> it just isn't the English yeah. way. No. I mean, also, think about the butt plugs. Think about bejeweled butt plugs, right? I mean, he's got some rubies going on there. He's got some. He was the um, the inspiration for the game Snood. <laughs> just shooting fucking viruses out of his dick, creating societies of thought mm-hmm. processes. Everyone's like, get the high score. And he's just like, my dick is. <laughs> His dick was you guys said my penis was calicoed. This man's penis was piebald. 
what? You know what piebald means? I'm not. It's like a zebra. Like a zebra. Zebra. Like a zebra. Like a zebra exposing himself in the wind. Got gotcha. it. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Uh, Byron's one surviving daughter went on to be a mathematical genius, laying the groundwork for early computational sciences. A programming language was eventually named after her. Really? Uh, like her father before her, her life spiraled out of control with overindulgence of vices. She died young, aged 36, just like Byron. What a she, good woman. She was laid to rest right next to him in his chair. She was actually a pretty cool chick. I remember, like... I saw that she was affiliated yeah. with this dude, and I was like, we could roast this chick. And yeah. I was like, no, yeah, but I was yeah. also like, she's also really fucking cool. Like, I don't know. I think Byron was cool, but he fucked a lot of things he shouldn't have and all that. Should have been fucking those boys. And his sister, that's pretty fucked. Yeah, th- yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the part where Travis has been busting at the scene for. I have it in my notes. <laughs> Penis! Okay, just let that sound the clear up. <laughs> Uh, I have it in my notes, some peeping toms in 1938 opened up Byron's tomb to sneak a quick peek. They noted his corpse was almost supernaturally preserved, sporting a fat erection, too. His boner was described with some very particular verbiage, and I would like to unpack that description with you gentlemen here and now. So It's very important. Very important, this 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 one descriptor of his penis. this is the pinnacle moment of this podcast, yeah. right? Pinnacle, uh-huh. pinnacle moment. The, the I know our hundredth episode is yes. coming up right now, but spoilers: this is the real hundredth. <laughs> yes, math doesn't count here. <laughs> nope. Okay, now let's break this down. This isn't the word, but hypothetically, when you describe a man's package as a horse cock, the pin in question. Is undoubtedly lo- is, is is it's of course yeah. it's large, yes. But but horsecock is also a well known go to embellished metaphor. You know, it's kind of like a canned joke. Like oh, like he's got a big penis. That's a horsecock, even though it might not literally be the size of a horse's. But cock. it's large. Yeah, it's like a, it's a mag. It's, it's large, but it's not actually the size of a horsecock because horse got that third are- leg. <laughs> he's got that mealy vacuum tube. He's got that. Dude, corn that guy cock. has. Yeah, that you're yeah, like got, it's, it's a maglite. It's one of those like, you know, the uh, the security guard, uh, uh, light light light. Oh light yeah, bulb yeah, yeah, boys. It's duct taped to the mm-hmm. side of his leg, maybe. But however, the peeping tom used the descriptor, pony cocked. Oh. Now, it, it was referred to as pony cocked. Now, this. Peeping Tom went out of the way. He, you know, he had horsecock, you know, as a selectable option, but he went out of the way to say it was ponycocked. You know, not not that big, but definitely like bestial big. So I'm thinking like his horse, what, like his fucking dong was actually the size of a pony because the descript the guy the guy describing it like backed off of a well-known metaphor just a bit so it's too specific to be an embellishment i i personally think it's like a chode right like it's it's thick but it's so small it's like it's no it was huge no 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 a pony would have a thick dick but it would probably be about like two inches 
I no. okay. I think uh, his cock is fully erect, but the end is like a double jointed knuckle, just kind of <laughs> oh, yeah, like okay. pointed down like a horse head. And then there's a mane oh. of hair on the last <laughs> inch of it or so that's drooping over one side, and the oh, end okay. of it has shit all over it. <laughs> I don't know. Gotcha. Speculation, yeah. man. The world will never know. This is like one of those. <laughs> this is one of yeah. the things that'll keep you up. I'm sorry. I, I'm really sorry, Rose Barm listeners. This is one of those things that'll keep you up at night. Pony cocked. <laughs> I've I've lost sleep over the term pony cocked. Thanks for bestowing this <laughs> upon us. Because yeah. now, I mean, I have to wake up in a few hours. I don't for no real reason. But <laughs> wow. Go. Yeah. So a little bit of little bit of uh, secondhand. He said. She said. Uh, it might be a weird side effect of. Being syphilitic, being you know, riddled. Oh, with right, he had all these diseases. He's like a fucking troll yeah, person. Maybe it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was something like that. Maybe like that's just what getting embalmed in brandy does to your penis. But his post mortem cock was described as pony like. Sick me. All right, there uh, you have it. There Lord you have Byron. It. Lord Byron, rock star, Lord emo Byron. poet. Vicious womanizer, equally vicious manizer, skull molestoid, dude. He fucked fourteen-year-old boys. Yep. yep. Just remember that. Boys. I think he's cool, but then I remember that, and I go, he's not cool. Everything except for boy fucking and sister fucking. This guy was a rock star. He was fucking great, but he made these mistakes. He made these yep. these few mistakes. Don't stick your dick in that. Yeah. Don't stick your dick in that. Dude, you could have been a fucking poet, oh, and you wouldn't. Anyway. Have been, you could have been the Tupac shaker of your time. <laughs> he, he couldn't okay. resist. All right, I guess that's it. That's the coverage, Lord Byron. There he um, is, Cody. Thank you very much for doing the research yeah, on this pony cocked individual. Oh rest. my god, uh, I'm done. I can't can't top that. You're going out on take- pony cocked. So uh, that's the end of the episode. Why don't you uh, check out our social media? Yeah, go to Rosebottom. <laughs> Cast on Instagram, Twitter, yep. Facebook, Spotify. Mike needs to see more penis. Come on, send it to Mike. Needs to see Snapchat. more pony penis. <laughs> Snap- Snapchat. What is that? Snapchat. What did I say? Snapchat. Mike needs to see pony penis. Uh, oh, that's great. Roast Snap. I think it's what it's called. Was it Roast Snap? Yeah. Whoever sends the best picture to Mike of their their penis, interpreting what it's like to have a pony penis, and I'm yeah, talking put about something, googly I'm eyes, keep tallies spl- of this. Yeah, it's glitter, <laughs> all of it. Do you it need something the crudest the photo, image though. you can, but most <laughs> yeah. sparkly. No blood. No, there could Send be blood coming out of the front. Uh, like, we, like if you're coming uh, blood, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. all right. I'll see that. Yeah, well, uh, if you send this picture and it's fantastic, we will send a. Uh, we'll send some stickers and a koozie to the Starbucks closer to you, and uh, we'll ask them to put it under a chair, and you'll have to get there. Jesus Christ. Well, thank right, you, Shane. That's it. There you have it. Bye, dogs. All right. Thank, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Stick around for some obituaries. Oh, we started doing those again. Sick. Sick. Sick, dude. Sick, bro.
Uh, ready? Do it up. Yeah, Travis. We are doing it. Uh, wait. What? Wait. Did, are we doing something that we haven't done in a while? Uh, what? Is it too late for me to say that my pants haven't been on the whole show? Since the last time we did obituaries? It's really not yeah. too late because... All right, so one thing I don't think you realize about pants is that we don't know uh, if your pants are on or off because this is an yeah. auditory sensation only. I'm not, I'm yeah. not looking at legs. Well, I'm not feeling your legs. I'm thinking about Guess it. what? My leg hairs are so hard and firm right now. <laughs> it's like, have you ever touched one of those koosh balls? That's what my legs feel like. Oh, so yeah, with that out. said, with that said, we're going to do what we haven't done in a long time. We're going to do some obituaries. Yes. These are for our premium patrons Those that have gone and, and done what Tom always wants you to do. Fuck off. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Give us your money. Yeah. Yeah, that, that one. Yeah. <laughs> I am so in favor of that. And I, I'm also in favor of. Oh, us making this you? collective move, us growing up as a podcast. We're not doing shit for free anymore. You want fucking shit for us? Uh, the podcast is free. All the extra stuff, you have to pay for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> or whatever. It's okay. I mean, the podcast is really the main thing. So enjoy it as it comes. It's good. I like it. Uh, we do yeah. it all. It's all about love, bro. It's all about love. It's not and about love. That, it's, who, it's about... Tom, who do... What? Who do we love and who do we want to murder and kill? Well, we're yeah. not going to kill them. They're just going to die of natural causes. We're just reporting on their demise. Yes. Should I go first? I'll go first. You can go first. I, I'm still finding my feet right now. Let's go. Oh, okay, okay. Good luck. I'll cover while you're doing for that. Uh, first up on our obituary list is a good friend of the podcast, Mr. Matt Nesbitt. You may know him from uh, his sexual podcast, Not, not for, for Human Consumption. consumption. It's a good one. It's a great one. Yeah, dog. So, uh, uh, that's up? what my mom always told me when I went under the sink. Those are not for human consumption. Yeah, but no, nothing under the sink. Uh, and I didn't listen. Travis, Travis, you you are a trendsetter with your Tide Pods. <laughs> you were making your own Tide yeah. Pods before that yeah, was a right? thing. My goodness. Wow, that's Mike that's knows about Tide Pods. Industrious. <laughs> Am I allowed to speak during this, or you guys? Yeah, no, you you can talk for yeah, this one. Whatever. <laughs> All right, Cody. Love Tide Pods. Matt Nesbitt. He's in the American Southwest. That's where he's situated. That's where his podcast happens. Uh, he's he's there. He's doing his stuff. He's BMX jumping. You know, like he he does that. He's BMXing, jumping around. They teach uh, that in sub- southwestern schools. It's a PE oh, yeah. class. Oh, I'm so he's there. He's ready. Shit. He's he's gearing up to jump uh, the fucking Grand Canyon of all fucking holes. Believe it or not, some real evil Knievel type stuff. And he, he's totally nailing his fucking warm-ups. He's doing it, he's getting ready, he finally, like, pulls up there. But, just outside the Grand Canyon, his fucking van breaks down, and the road is too hot and melts his BMX tires. So, he's there, and he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm marooned in the, in the harsh desert sun. And the sun is more brutal than a 14-inch dildo with razor wire around it. It's like that fucking hot down there. Wait, that's how you measure heat, Cody? I thought you yeah. were the scientific one on the show. No, 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 no. Oh, no, I'm the doctor, so, okay, I know about dildos. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The sun's beating down, he's dehydrated, 
and Matt gets delirious, he starts fucking cutting holes into cacti and sucking on them from juice, getting all fucking needly-lipped and prickly-faced. He's resourceful. He wants to live. Yes. Anyone he's, can take a prick or two. He's doing his best. <laughs> that, that shit probably tastes pretty good, too. Cactus juice. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. It's like right up there with <laughs> coconut water. But unfortunately, Matt mistakes a peyote plant for like a really fucking thick cactus. He's lucky. Mm. And, and he sucks on <laughs> it. And he gets even more delirious and dehydrated. And he starts getting weird cravings. He has a thirst that can only be satiated with fucking bird... Uh, but also, bird blood is for human consumption. Let's see my cookbook. Bird okay. blood. <laughs> 70 different ways to prepare bird blood. Travis, I'm, uh, <laughs> you put it in the Instapot. Set it, forget it. Different timings and temperatures. <laughs> nope. <bird blood. laughs> Matt spies a southwestern roadrunner just packing out a pile of acne bird seed. He starts chasing after it, giving it his all. And suddenly... The Roadrunner just speeds through a, re a photorealistic painting of a fucking tunnel. Just ghost walks right fucking through. And Matt, Matt tries to follow it, ends up breaking his skull against a mountainside in, a, in, a, in his first peyote bender. Mm. How dare oh, you, Matt? Rest boy. in peace. Rest in peace, Matt. That's a crazy way to go out. Yeah. That's gross. And he's also really dry at this point. Yeah. Yeah, he's dried out in the southwestern sun. He is like, like, poofed. Little baby yeah. blood cake. Throw me at the wall, see what you get. I'm like a brick on fire. I'm like that festival in India where color goes everywhere, except it's just dark, poopy red color. <laughs> Got it. All right, I'm going to roast obituaries the other person. <laughs> so I do. <laughs> We're not out of practice at all. This is awesome. No, nah, it's great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roast our buddy, Sean. 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 Sean is on our Patreon. He's from the Seattle area, a little Pacific Sean. Northwest up here, dog. All right. Nice. Uh, so, you know, Sean, he uh, he was reaching a kind of he fell on some hard times, and okay. he, he he just needs some cash, right? He's just he's out there in Seattle, he's eating fish off the streets because I haven't been to Seattle yet, but I imagine there's just fish everywhere. Uh -huh. He's eating fish. All of a sudden, uh, an individual approaches him. A shady okay. individual in Pacific Northwest Platte. <laughs> oh, fuck. Now, Scary. this dude had a very interesting exotic accent. Very not like the Seattle accent. You know, no Jimi Hendrix going on. This guy just had a weird accent. And Sean just couldn't put his finger on it. And the guy said, hey, sorry, buddy. Uh, would you be interested in uh, making some quick and easy Queens Monopoly money, eh? Okay. And, you know, he's like, I don't know where this guy's from. It's so fucking weird. He, yeah, he, he, he gives Monopoly money out? <laughs> yeah, okay. So he just he didn't, he didn't trust this guy. The guy smelled like maple syrup and uncircumcised bacon. Hmm. But one thing Sean loves is he loves colorful money, so he, is, he accepts. Now, little did Sean know that he is—he was actually entering the dangerous world, uh, the dangerous underworld of Canadian mm. beaver fighting. Oh, oh fuck! Wow. Okay, yeah. Okay. So the guy handed him a snarling crate of vicious beeves, yep. and he was like, "Yo, you got to go make this terrible journey up across our northern border. We have like a huge wall that we built there already. It's humongous. Um, huge, so he, huge, huge." So he's driving up there. He makes it a, in the whole entire time. There's these like shrieks and gurgles coming from the back seat in this crate. Hey. Oh. 
And so he makes it across the border, no problem. He arrives at the poot. He, he arrives, no problem. He arrives okay, at the poutine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he arrives at the poutine shop that he was instructed to go to. He brings right. the vibrating crate around back. There, <laughs> there he's greeted by a lumberjack with a massive scar on his face. Wow. And he's just like, I want to get rid of this crate because it's like vibrating, dude. Just like, what's in here? A, a, a simian? Like, Sabian? 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 <laughs> Whatever the hell that lady device is. Got it, okay. So it's just vibrating. Okay. And uh, so he's like, all right, I just got to get rid of this thing. Goes over this scary uh, lumberjack man. His shoelaces are undone. He trips. He falls oh. head first into the beef pit. Oh, no. He breaks oh, no. open. And all the beavers come out. They're gnawing on him. They're paddling oh, him into geez. a fine paste, and just oh, you know, wow. death by bees and untouched human pate. I mean, it probably that's fierce. It probably would have been a lot worse if he was horny, because you know beavers like hard dicks. They yeah. do. They like wood. Good <laughs> yeah. wood. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Wow. Rest in peace, Sean. Yeah. Thank you. But rest in peace. Tom, you look so cool now. He put it on sunglasses. Yeah, I gotta it's tell a story, you know. It's bright in here. It's like you know? beat poetry. This whole <laughs> bit. So our last obituary for the evening is one Amanda R. She's yeah. out in Utah. She's a Patreon. She's uh she's one of the uh, first to take us up on the illustration, the uh, drawing tier. So I make a custom <laughs> drawing for you. And uh, if you take a look at our Instagram page, you can see the first beginnings of our story that will take place. Amanda, huge fan of Satan. I mean, who isn't? It's 2019. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just everyone loves Satan. Go wild. So, right. So, uh, Satan actually, uh, he's in the area. He's doing a book signing. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's uh, how, to, how to Do the Bad Things Better, his new book. And okay. how do how do the bad things better? Yeah, so Amanda goes over to to the book the local bookshop where Satan is, and there's uh, you know there's a line out front as there is for such a a prestigious celebrity. And uh, Amanda finally gets in, and they end up doing a little small talk. And Satan's just like, you know, Ursi's people kind of nerds. You let's go get a drink. So uh, oh, they meet cool. up later. They go go out to a bar, and they start drinking whiskey on the rocks. You know, like Satan drink. Yeah. Romantic. Uh, according to good, all the Satan. the heavy music I've listened to, such as uh, Motorhead. You know, that's just whiskey music. So they're out yeah. drinking. <laughs> they're having a fucking great time. Vision's getting blurred. All of a sudden, the bar door is kicked in. And what seems to mm. be Bob Ross walks in the door. What? Oh. And Bob Ross, we know one thing about him. He beats the devil out of it. So Bob Ross comes oh. up. But as he gets closer, we realize it's not Bob Ross. He's been dead for years. He, there's no way he could just walk into this bar right now. Absolutely not. That would be insane. Asinine. It's Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> in Bob what? Ross garb getting ready for his new biopic Oh, role. no. And he's a method actor. I have been, I have been perfecting the Bob Ross for seven years. What yeah. the fuck? So he brings his paintbrushes Holy up, shit. and he's just like, I'm going to beat the devil out of it. Out and, of you. And Satan's just like, well, what do you mean by it? He's just like, it, it, it's happening. Look at me. Look at the sweat. I've been up for 72 hours, and I'm ready to beat the devil out of whatever I come across the devil upon. So it's time to go. And Amanda's like, this is getting hot and heavy. I'm the fuck out of here. And as she's about to leave, Daniel Day-Lewis goes, oh, not today, honey. <laughs> when oh, I fuck. beat the devil out of it, it's all things devil. And I'm not skipping the worshippers. 
So, we got this angry, angry Bob Ross, Daniel Day-Lewis happening. He is he is Jesus. assembling his paintbrushes, ready to stab motherfuckers left and right. Anyone who's around okay. today, he's, he's, he's threatening. <laughs> so he's just like, well, I gotta start with the fall. I'm gonna show you what I'm gonna do to you, Satan. I'll show you right now. I'm gonna beat the devil out of this girl. And Amanda's like, this, is, this isn't this is even cool. I'm not a girl. I'm a woman. I'm in no. a bar. You should, you know, grow up, dude. <laughs> Bob Ross just beats a shit out of her with a, with a, 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 a massive acrylic brush. <laughs> that, Jesus. Yeah, definitely. Hurt. It's like a prop one, but for some reason, those are harder. Put spikes in it. Yeah. Yeah, because they're, you know, they're doing the same takes over and over again. It's Daniel Day-Lewis playing Bob Ross. He's like, you gotta just put the tree there. We've made an error. <laughs> We don't. We call them intentional errors. <laughs> after after her, he beated the devil out of her. Did he put like a fine egg wash over her just to lock in all the bruises? Yeah, I mean he didn't actually bring his paints, but he used the blood and he painted the town red. He started with Amanda, and then he wow. and then Satan. What like, a way you, to die! You, you can't really kill Satan, you know, because he's just like this guy. He's a salami guy. He fits down the drain. He runs away quick. <laughs> Uh-huh, gotcha. So Amanda Well, that's was, funny you said he runs yeah. down the drain, because I always thought those silverfish things were Satan's. <laughs> a little bit. They're, they're a, a, a tip of him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's so his peen? Rest in peace, Amanda. Peen? Yeah, thanks for uh, being a Patreon and all that. Uh, thanks for everyone we've, we've just yes. had a good Your time times. with. Uh, Chaser real quick. Oh, yeah, we got to do that. We haven't done this in forever. Cody, yes. what, are, and what am I drinking? How am I doing it differently? Uh, so you probably just listened to Lord Byron, and uh, Tom reminded me we have another poet we've done that should uh, should not have fucked things that he fucked. Uh, Ginsburg, yeah. Alan Kid Diddling Ginsburg. That was done by Tom, and we had uh, we had Melanie Modon for that one, did we? Yes, friend of the show, good people, right? Yes, there. good girl, good good woman, yes. fine woman. <laughs> Uh, someone that, that Alan Ginsberg, someone that she's completely safe from Alan yes. Ginsberg's ghost. Yeah. And you'll find out if you go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> episode 38. You're a we were gem. We were also safe. Because we're, you know. I, yeah, we're because, in our 30s. Because we have spines and we're men. <laughs> yes. We can fight we ghosts. Have, we have adult pinkies. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I feel right. like I feel like one of us fell in a bucket of nair. We might have a problem, but besides that, <laughs> pretty safe from the ghost of Allen Ginsberg. And uh, yeah, yeah, that that might fall suit with the old poet theme of the evening. Yes, it's good. All right, All right. bye, dogs. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Shane.